passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the NWA, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Yo. It's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off-kilter, the professor, the godfather. Post-wrestling, the NWA, not O-geek, guessing, huh? The views and expressions, you know the rest, it's pop excellence, get the message. Advocates for Nubian wrestling, you're listening to the best again. Black wrestling in the ring, we invested in. Nubian kings and queens, we invested in. It's for the culture and we repping it. And welcome to the NWA podcast, The Nubian Wrestling Advocates, the show all about getting color in the professional wrestling business. We are back and better than ever. Uh, Thank you all for joining us this Saturday night, the last Saturday in the month of February, uh, the most melanated month on your calendar, ladies and gentlemen. We are so uh, happy to be back. Uh, I believe we're live, and if not, somebody will let us know. Uh, but but the show <laughs> can't stop the show once it got started. And uh, since uh, we we are getting down, we want to uh, let y'all know who we are. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I am the Godfather Nate Milton, aka your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, and I am joined by the advocates. First of all, we got a young brother who is one of the hardest working people in pro wrestling journalism he is uh he is a man that doesn't sleep this man don't get no rest he takes no days off ladies and gentlemen y'all give it up for the youngest in charge my nephew the good brother andrew thompson brother nate brother chris always a pleasure to to be back on the podcast man i'm excited to do it happy black history month uh makes the uh the, the the special guest that will be joining us i'm sure we're gonna get to that after we introduce uh that good man chris Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you already know, Andrew. We're going to get into it. And since you mentioned his name, we got to let the people know who else is here. Of course, he's here with us every single month on Post Wrestling. You know him. You love him. Some of y'all hate him, but he don't give a damn about you because Chris ain't about them <laughs> fisticuffs. As Chris told you on a previous episode, he don't do fisticuffs no more. He he gets down in other ways when it comes to self-defense. Chris on that Arn Anderson tip, if you get what I'm saying. So let me introduce the angry intellectual. The, the, the mayor pro tem of Los Angeles, California. Make sure you got your WrestleMania plans locked in right now, ladies and gentlemen. He is somebody who they call Moderna Chris. Some people also call him Mimosa Chris, but I know him best 
as the professor. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all give it up for Chris Ely, a.k.a. the professor. Can we rock? What's up, Doc? Uh, chilling, man. I'm uh, looking forward to this episode. Uh, we had some mishaps last month, but um, we're uh, back in form. I, I know uh, Way and John were like, what, "What's up with these brothers? Where's the sh- Where's the February show?" Right? We we are to <laughs> some serious CP time this month, but you know, we 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 we, ha- we can We had to leave you with something, um, and I hope everyone had a good Black History Month. Yes, yeah, Black History. You know, it's it's twenty four seven three sixty five, but we must amplify it uh, and magnify it in the month of February. And we do have a special guest. I do, and I just received confirmation for those that were wondering. Uh, we are not currently live because of technical issues, but we gonna keep it going because uh, at some point in the future, whether it's tomorrow, or the day after, next week, you gonna see this and hear this, and uh, we 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 gonna keep it moving because that's what we do. Uh, but let's bring in our special guest, man. Uh, we reached out to this brother because we uh, have appreciated a lot of the work that he's done, um, you know, in, in the world of wrestling, in the world of music, man. Super producer, uh, producer extraordinaire, I guess we could call him Chris. But uh, yeah. and may- maybe he's the reason, now that I think about it, mm-hmm. maybe he's the reason why, you know, the stream is not being live tonight, you know, because we don't know. Yeah. We don't know what this brother might say with a live mic in his hand. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you our guest this month, the one, the only, Emilio Sparks. <laughs> oh, that's very, very kind of you to say, but a wise man told me once, never try to F up your money, so keep your, your opinions to themselves so that way you can continue to chase your bag. So Yes, very, very wise words yeah. indeed, brother. We appreciate so. you taking out the time, man, to hang with us this month and, and you know, give some insight on, yeah, on the crazy going-ons in, in this wrestling world. But before yeah. we get into that, you know, maybe there is somebody that is watching us for the first time and maybe they're watching you for the first yeah. time, brother. So, yeah. you know, give a little background about, you know, the work that you've done um, and, 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 you know, what, what, what brings you joy right now, man? What gets you excited? What gets you hyped to turn on the microphone? Oh, man, I think it's to quote uh, Smith and Wesson, it's got to be like the last album, only better. So my thing is, it's got to be like the last episode, but only better. It's that mm. that drive. That's the thing that drives me the most is to turn on the microphone, whether it's uh, me producing or whether me doing the podcast with, with Mighty Vin and we're doing wrestle rap or whatever it is. I always like to do the last thing, but only better. So that, that's what keeps me going. And I genuinely just love love what i do man i'm i'm absolutely blessed to call what i do a career and it pays my bills so just to get up every day is is a privilege it it honestly is it wasn't like that for a while but like mm. you know perspective is is everything once there was a conscious shift and here we are now and i'm getting to talk to you guys on a saturday night life is good man i got no complaints mm-hmm. so thank you appreciate it no doubt, brother. And we were talking before we, you know, we we went live, uh, quote unquote, uh, before we went live tonight uh, about you know uh, wrestle rap, man, and and you know the the need for a show like that. So can you speak a little bit on that, man? Because I think you know you and and I and, and Chris and Angie, we kind of on the same wavelength when it comes to that. Well, you know, it's funny because you know just thinking about it when you guys were doing your cool intro, uh, I was thinking about how many years we've been doing the podcast now, and and when Wrestle Rap started, and what Wrestle Rap was about, and you know, at first we were literally we, we were probably like the FICA plant in a in a forest full of trees that were not you know wrestling podcasts that spoke to a a specific demographic. Mm. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, and then as we cultivated the the soil and, you know, we started to give love and attention to to the like to the ficus, we grew into this big, strong oak, you know, and and big shout outs to Math of Black Wrestling, who said, you know, if it wasn't for Wrestle Rap, you know, y'all 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 birthed a lot of sons in this in this podcast space. So, you know, that that's a cool thing to hear, man, because you sit back and you see all the the wonderful content creators now. That really didn't exist when when Kazim and I first started this podcast. It was it was very rare to be doing what we were doing. It was very rare to speak um, from a urban lens. You know what mm. I mean? It was it was very different um, speaking from the perspective of a black wrestling fan with Kazim Famawidi as my as my co-host and and co-creator of Wrestle Rap. You know because Kaz and I both felt that that was a a group that was never really. Um, they never really had the voice and we always thought well what's up with that you know i was telling you guys before like a lot of our favorite black performers weren't really getting pushed and we were like yo man that's that's what's up with that like can, mm-hmm. can, like can we talk about like certain things like can we can we talk about how good an individual is and you know what's their storyline gonna be or what could they do that or what can a company do to start to pay attention to what's going on because you know the climate was really changing was really starting to shift and you know now it's great to see but like five or six years ago it was it was crazy out there like Mm -hmm. there was not a lot of there was not a lot of what's going on now so you know to see everything move progressively forward has been man has been great to see so you know, that's what we that's what we started doing, you know, way back many moons ago. So it's great to right. see that. I love it. And I'm, I'm going to, you know, give Andrew and Chris uh, the rock here in just a second. But <clears throat> I, I feel like and this is something Chris and I have talked about off mic, you know, because we started this show uh, about three or four years ago. Yeah. And even then, like outside of what y'all were doing, the landscape wasn't there. And it, it it's not that, right? you know, black folks weren't watching this critically. It's not that black folks didn't have a voice or didn't have opinions on this. It's just the, the outlets, it didn't yes. seem to be were there. And so fast forward to 2023 when, you know, not only you guys, but, you know, we're here, you got public enemies, you got, you know, uh, our brothers over at Grapsity, you got people like yes. Rich Fan yes. at the torch, you know, you got yes. SP3 and True Hill Heat. And it yes. feels like, I, I don't know how much of this, you know, you, you would attribute to kind of that pandemic era, uh, Emilio. And just, cause I feel like that's when, a lot of the collaboration started too, where it wasn't just like we got one yeah. black show over here, one black right, show over there. Right, right, right. We were right. working together, and it felt like it felt like the start of something. Well, to me, that's the cool thing to see because y'all, you know, everything. <clears throat> I believe in interconnectivity, and one of the big things that I believe in is community. And if you have the proper community of like-minded individuals who want to push um, a narrative forward and and create something that was not there before, you walk through the door. Um, to me, that's huge. You know what I'm saying? And and you need that sort of thing. And and without community to all have the same voice, you know, sometimes you're just screaming in an echo chamber of one and the vibrations are bouncing back to you. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believe that, you know, every, like during the pandemic, Nate, you're right. Everybody started to realize, oh, if we can just fortify and connect and and really rock with each other. And hey, I want I like what Graham is doing. So I'm going to go on you know, black wrestling, um, you know, and then, you know, uh, all the dudes from black wrestling to come on wrestle rap. And then, you know, what they're doing on jobber tears, like, let's all connect and, and let's just, just just hang out and create like a really cool thing. And let's just, you know, wrestling with keeks. Like, let's just all like, Mm. even from a, from a black female perspective, 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like yeah. that is something that, you know, like the waters weren't there before. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. And now everybody's here and we can all like do it together. To me, that's, that's the important thing. It's without community, we ain't got nothing, man. So it's like, it's, right. it's, it's great to see that everybody was like, you know what? I rock what you do. I respect yep. what you do. You come on my show. I come on yours and let's, let's all hang out and cross promote. Cause that's mm. how you start to, that's how you start to plant the forest, man. Like right. it takes that one seed and then that starts to sprout and take root. Then another tree and then another tree and then another tree. And next thing you know, you got this like beautiful, like I'm trying not to curse. You, 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 can y'all swear on this or no? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we, we say, you say no, well, uh, yeah, but no, um, you know, you have this beautiful, you have this beautiful effing <clears throat> forest of, of just green, you know what I mean? Like we got a good mm-hmm. ecosystem. We got a biodome, you know what I mean? Like okay, right. okay. Paulie Shaw, uh, right? I'm a part of this, buddy. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the first biodome reference on this show. I think. And it History. will probably be the last too. You know what I mean? Like I always thought that movie was great when when they asked him, "What's your dream?" And Paulie Shaw goes to die and come back as a leotard. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a stupid. It's such a stupid movie that talks about environmentalism from a completely different lens like yes. it's just these two right. idiots they get locked in a thing i, I i'm digressing i'm sorry, sorry. no nah, yeah billy baldwin yeah I billy baldwin billy yeah. baldwin <clears throat> yeah but so um so you have been in a lot of rarefied spaces that um a lot of us haven't been in you you've met Vince McMahon, you've mm. worked for WWE. Yes. Um, you yes. have interviewed the likes of Redman, yes. Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. Did you did you interview Method Man? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, Method. I, I've interviewed a lot. Yeah, yeah I've interviewed like, a lot. Yeah. Like, and how did you? And were you were you joking? So in your real like ten years ago or so, you mm-hmm. said you were living in your mom's basement is that was that a work or, or was that a work or shoot no that's that's no that's a shoot man that was okay shoot. so so yeah. how did you get into these spaces you you go you're living in your mom's basement but yeah. then you're you're chopping it up with ti and you're chopping it up with method man and, and like how does that happen my dude mm. Again, community, you know, um, right. I was I was working with a dude, big <clears throat> shout outs uh, to Al Lindstrom and uh-huh. to get, you know, Al Lindstrom was uh, doing content creation. He was also doing he was also a, a radio rep. So, you know, like, you know, record labels would come to him and he would, you know, work certain certain records. But also at the same time, too, he was also creating this brand for himself where he was creating this this content and he was. Listen, in the world of two dope boys and nah rights and, you know, you Mm -hmm. heard the news and rap radars back then, you know, everybody was hungry for content. You know what I mean? And it was a lot of flip cam stuff going on. And I was like one of the early godfathers of the flip cam stuff, too, where that thing went with me everywhere to SOBs to, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Santos's party house or whatever on the Lower East Side. So if there was somebody around. I would just grab the thing and I'd be with one of my homeboys. I'd, I'd throw the flip cam to him. I'd be like, film this. And then we yeah. would just do like that, that, you know, bum rush kind of thing on the street. Luckily for me, when I said my name, people would be like, oh, I saw you on this website. Yeah, cool. Come on. Let's chop it up real quick. You know, uh, and yeah. that's how it first started to grow. And then, you know, you start networking with people and people just, you know, mess with the vibe. And then it went, it got to Sirius XM. And mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of back, um, you know, back behind the scenes promotion i was like a 
in studio <clears throat> producer they were calling it and uh, you know i would work on all these really cool shows man from dj case like r.i.p dj drama mm-hmm. don cannon tony yeah. touch static selector scram jones dj self superstar j gray rizzy um you know sms radio it was g unit saturdays at the time um i you know i got to board up a couple of times for big cap r.i.p um, you know, uh, who else? I'm really drawing a blank because I, I, I literally did every Scram Jones. I mean, you name it, I did almost Sway in the Morning. Uh, you know, DJ Green Lantern. Right. You, if you name it, I did almost every single show uh, that was rap on Hip Hop Nation and or Shade 45 in my mm-hmm. tenure uh, in my ten year tenure at at Sirius XM. And you know, some of them just take a liking to you, and they're like, "Yo," like especially Al Lindstrom when he would fill in for Tony Touch, and he'd be right. like, "Yo, I want you to." You know, go on the scene. I'm going to set these interviews for you. So interview Logic. Okay, great. Go to Logic's go to Logic's hotel room. The hotel room's no bigger than like a bathroom. And it's like two beds in the city. Mm. And it's like, okay, can't do it here. Um, what's the quietest place we could do it? Oh, we'll do it in Logic's bathroom. You sit on the toilet. I'm going to sit in the um, – I'm going to sit in the bathtub. And I kid you not, and I kid you not, that's what I would do because I would try to stand out. And just be in like these weird positions everywhere. Mm. I wasn't a Nardwar right. where I was going to do the whole gimmick and then give them something and then work around it like that. I was just <laughs> going to make them be like, hey, I'm going to put you in this odd situation. Mm-hmm. I want you to improv because I like improv. So let's just let's just go with it. And then I'm going to ask you a series of ridiculous questions. And then we'll get into the the meat and potatoes of what we have to promote. And hopefully you like it. And if you don't like it, we'll we'll do another take. But most of the time they were really fun and exciting interviews. And we got Mm -hmm. to do some really cool stuff with, with that. But, yeah, most of the time, man. Interviewing some really, really dope artists in Staten Island, you know, big shout outs to Richmond Hood and my boy Tyreek over there. And they would be like, yo, Red Man's here. What's good? All right, I'm coming mm. through. Yo, Met the yeah. Man's here. What's good? <sighs> you know, like I was able to help my buddy K Slack produce a record for uh, More Fish on Ghostface's project because Ghostface went to yeah. my gym and I'm listening to, because we were, me and K Slack, uh, mm. we did a, a mixtape years, years ago. I'm talking years ago. And, um, I'm bumping the beats and there's this SUV, you know, windows up, tinted out, you know, I'm just bop- bopping my stuff. I'm waiting for my boy Pat so we can go work out and then like going through the beats. And then all of a sudden the window rolls down next to me and I hear, I hear you're, you're, you're gone. And I turn around and it's ghost face and the smoke is like, you know, pluming out of the, mm. you know, the window. And he's yeah. like, yo, yo, give me that. Give me that CD. I, I heard, a, I heard a, a record I like. And I was like, all right. So I gave him the record and. We sampled this song from the Wichita linemen. And the next thing you know, well, Case like sampled it. Um, <laughs> and then the next thing, and then the next thing you know, it's on more fish. And it's Ghost doing the hook and it's Sean Wiggs doing the verse. So, mm. you know, made a nice little penny off that one. And then you, know, yeah. you just you just it's just networking, man. And 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 that was it for me. I was always like a fan of yeah. Just being outside, like you know what right. I mean. Like we, right. like you know, there was a there was a time where I was outside. I don't go outside no more. But there was a time when <laughs> when I was outside, man. So yeah, you know, that's where we at now. Mm. Yeah, mm. that yeah, that's that's like that's gangster, and that's like a it's New York, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that's such a New York story. Oh, Chris, um, I got no, I got no shame in approaching yeah. somebody to be like, you need to work with me. Here is why. 
Mm-hmm. Feel yeah. me? Like I got no, I got no shame in that. I'll, I still do that to this day. I'm gonna be 40 right. years old in May, and I'll still, you know, pull up in a respectful manner to be like, "Yo, hey, hi, right. come here, let's, let's <laughs> chat for a minute. How you doing? Right, then, you know, right. yeah. Oh, you know so, this person? Da, 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 da. Like, <laughs> so how did you make your way? I know the story because you've told it to me before. Before our audience, how did you get to WWE? Mm. Now that's I'm, I'm sure that's what our our folks want to know about is the uh, the um, wrestling like right. like how'd you get in that sir that space? It was a combination of knowing that I reached um, the glass ceiling, mm-hmm. doing what I was doing at Sirius XM, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know I made my peace that if this is this is it then this is this will be my career here. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm good mm-hmm. with it. But then there was this like little voice in my head seeing all my other all my other contemporaries moving on to do x y and z and i kind of was like okay this is what we're gonna we're gonna do and kaz and i were really doing the podcast at that point and then you know kaz got his his gig with wwe for a while and then i I had Mm -hmm. to go you know i had to go solo you know and i was doing that for a while and i was interviewing everybody at that point i was like you're a wrestler you're coming on the show you're a content creator coming on the show you tweet (laughs) something funny about wrestling you're coming on the show it did not matter to if you had one follower or you had twenty thousand followers right if if you were if you could be that engaging with it back then 150 characters well then you could be engaging for an hour and and then me and you can chit chat so Mm -hmm. that's how that started um so I started to get the attention of certain individuals at WWE in this podcasting space because a lot of the office, from what I was told, would listen to the podcast, specifically when I had WWE talent on. Mm-hmm. And then they became – they really started to like it after that. They're like, oh, this is, this, is, this is interesting. So like one of the first interviews that really started to get the office's attention – was with John Carlo Didimo. Now, John Carlo is probably one of the greatest. I like to call him a director, but he'll humbly say that he does video production. And he was with WWE, and now he's at AEW. And John Carlo is completely amazing. Like there are things like you can look at a source of light or just a view, and John Carlo's got the whole thing already mapped out in his brain about what we're mm. doing, how we're doing it, and here's why. Um, so John was always one of my good friends, and I was just like, yo, I just want to hear your story. And at this point, he was doing stuff for GCW, wasn't even part of WWE. And he was just doing this really cool stuff with, like, 099.99 budget, you know? And mm-hmm. He was killing it. He was killing it. And then that got the attention. And, you know, um, Big E was one of my – it still is one of my best friends, and mm-hmm. he came on the show. And Brody Lee, <clears throat> RIP, was one of my best yep. friends. He came on the show, and – Cedric Alexander and his wife, Big Swole, they liked the show. They came on the show because it was always this conversation. I wasn't talking about, so this one said this, this, and this about your backstage or this yeah. is what the thirteenth is saying. <laughs> My thing with like specifically, even when I was talking to um, Swole and Seti, it would be about, so tell me why you guys think, you know, the five heartbeats is the greatest movie of all time. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 hold, know, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I know, not, not, y'all know me, yeah. man. Nine times out of ten, I'm not yeah. gonna talk over a guest. <laughs> but, but, but damn it, Emilio, you you done brought yeah. up a classic, the five classic. Months. Can't nobody classic. sing like old Eddie Kane. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big, big Red. Yo, what about business hours? Nine. <laughs> 
to five. To five. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, I use that line. I use that line from time to time when I don't want to yeah. be bothered. I go my yes. business hours on nine yeah. to five with a ton of exclamation yeah. points in the email. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but no, it's no, just it's, with it's, five it's, horsemen and we got soul. No. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, like like Robert Townsend. I met him great. a while ago. It's great. And, and Underrated. He, he he swears up and down that um. Suge Knight got the idea of holding <laughs> um, <laughs> of Vanilla Ice over the balcony. From the five heartbeats? Because of the five yeah, heartbeats, yeah. Five heartbeats, man. It makes sense. You know, yeah. what they say, the best form of flattery is imitation. You yep. know what I mean? So he probably saw that and was like, I'm going to do this to Ice Ice Baby because <laughs> I seen it in the five heartbeats. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, yeah, making old mom. Really, I, I didn't mean to talk over you, no, man. Oh no, this is bro, this is this is your show. Hey, Are you kidding and, me? Like Hey Emilio, one, one thing I really did so, want to ask you though, like it's something that's coming up uh like what like five weeks, five weeks from now is, is Wale Mania yeah. uh out in Los mm. Angeles, California. I think that's become one of the like the big staple events for a lot of us in the black community. Uh, and you know, I know y'all invite like a, I know it's like a everybody's invited type of yeah, environment, yeah, yeah. man. But it feels yeah. like a, a, a sort of a, what's the right word? I, I, don't, I don't want to be dramatic and be like safe haven or nothing like that. But it, mm-hmm. it feels like a. a I, I know safe, what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's like homecoming. <laughs> it's an, it's a, it's homecoming. It's it's yeah. yes, it's it's homecoming for a lot of for a lot of friends that we don't see every right. year. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I exactly. always make the joke. I always make the joke that this is like, you know, uh Christmas, New Year's Eve and Easter all rolled <laughs> into one. You know, right. so we can all we can all hang out and you know, it is a special time of year. I mean, we just did the first wave of announcements um, mm-hmm. you know, Wednesday night. Yeah. And my phone blew up. You know, right. my DMs blew up and and a lot of folks were like, "Yo, I'm coming." Da, da, da. I'm like, "Great, you know, get tickets." Like, you did, know what I mean? Like <laughs> Did you um, uh, did, were you did you do the cuz I was at the first Wale Mania in uh, the Bay where were you yeah. part of that one? I I showed up. Yeah, I looked around and me uh-huh. and Kaz were like, "Okay, Mm-hmm. We gonna we gonna start to change this year by year, and I was like, yeah. "Let's mm-hmm. let's do it," and yeah. that was it. We we started to to change it after that. We right. made it less of an intimate thing, you know, mm-hmm. just as like a nice little cash yeah. hang, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we it pretty much has grown to what it is, and and I mm-hmm. I feel that you know Wale Mania Five when it was in New York during MetLife, okay, um, that was the one yeah. where it it clicked, <laughs> and it was yeah. like party this one comes out pops the crowd like samoa joe coming out so my name mm-hmm. is ho ho h yeah. to the o and he's lip syncing the whole <laughs> yeah. thing right like we you know we do that and who's coming out and you know we just it was it was kofi mania too yes. so that was a huge moment yes. for yeah. us because you know the new day were very very vital in my wwe like career you right know? yeah um i don't think i would probably be anywhere uh you know to a degree mm-hmm. without those brothers opening up some doors allowing yeah, you to walk yeah. through you know what i'm saying right, Brody yeah. Lee as well because um, the first the first time i saw you yeah. was some years ago um and you were interviewing big e and this complex was it complex I think it was complex. Yeah, it was complex. It was yeah. yeah. I know exactly what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, complex did a couple of um. They asked me to do a couple of things. Big shout outs to Joel Puma. He's like, Paisan, mm-hmm. need you to do a couple things. I was like, What mm-hmm. do you want me to do? He's like, Interview anybody you want from WWE. Figure it yeah. out. Like, okay, you know, and then bring yeah. a camera crew. We'll write it off to you. 
cool. Mm-hmm. So I hit up, and he's no longer there, but this great publicist by the name of Al Stravola, right? Mm-hmm. And and I tell Al was a dear friend of mine um, at the time. And then I'm like, hey, Al, I want to interview somebody that doesn't get a lot of media attention, like, but somebody that can be a gyakiron in Italian slang. That means just somebody that can talk. Mm. And yeah. and I'm I'm like, who can we who can we set up? And he was like, you know. Oh man, I think you and Big E would get along. And this is, yeah. I think this is like right after he lost the Intercontinental Championship and they just started doing the New Day vignettes. Okay. Uh, and and they would switch from that blue and silver gear to the red black with like a little right. bit of like green piping gear. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great, let's do it. Um, and there wasn't a lot of information on E at the time. It, right, it, yeah. There wasn't. And the only thing that Al fed me was his dad is a preacher. He was mm-hmm. not allowed to listen to anything non-secular. And he, his dad would destroy all of his hip-hop CDs. Mm. And I was oh. like, great. I ran to a record store on Staten Island that still sells records. And I bought him 36 Chambers. Mm. Uh, and I gave it to him as a gift. I used to give 36 Chambers to a lot of uh, interviews that I used to do because to right. me it's a it's a real pivotal album. You know what I mean? It gets, yeah. mm-hmm. gets none greater. We could talk hip-hop if you guys want, but to me that's that's the album. And again, I might be waving the flag for Staten Island because I'm born and raised here, but <laughs> um, you know, the nine prophets from Shaolin, uh, they changed the world as far as I'm concerned in terms of sound. Um, but and then we just we started from there. We were supposed to have like 15 minutes and, you know, a couple of PR people were there and then they just started to enjoy it. And they, they all started to leave. And then me and him were there for an hour. Yeah. And and then, you know, I was like, hey, listen, man, here's my number. You ever want to chat? You ever want to hang out? You know, because we were talking about everything. We were talking about Flatbush right. Zombies. We were talking about what other things that he was listening to, like, you know, Blue and Exile, Below the Heavens, which it's probably um, as far as like a duo friendship favorite album together. It's mm-hmm. probably that one. And him and I talk about Below the Heavens all the time. And, and we would just talk about verses and, and whatever and how good, like, you know, they are as a, a producer, you know, MC combo. And we just, man, we started talking from that day on. It was a Monday Night Raw. And then you fast forward maybe 10 years now, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit more. I don't know. Yeah, time, yeah. is a, time is a weird thing. It really doesn't right. exist, but it does at the same yeah. time. Like, Especially the last three years. Yo, Nate, we put an emphasis on time, but that some bitch just continues to walk the straight line. Mm. Does not yeah. does not waver. Does not waver. We waver right. in and yeah. out of the time loop, but it just continues to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and him and I talk. We talk every day. I literally was just talking to him before this. We were watching the Tatiana Suarez, um, De La Rosa mm-hmm. um, match on, right. on UFC together. We were talking about that. So um, yeah, literally we just just got off. The, yeah. the haunt, the haunt so I got a question for you about Biggie, but before that, you know, we, we I feel like we're gonna get on some a lot of tangents. Tonight, Emilio, because you keep big tangent guy, big tangent things like the five heartbeats, yeah. things like the the, the greats in, in in the history of hip hop. So I'm just gonna ask right, you real right. quickly, who, in your opinion, your esteemed opinion, Emilio, is the greatest rapper alive, and why is it Andre 3000? Go. You you know, I would I would genuinely believe that there was a a large portion for many years. Hey, you mute. I think I, I think I might have muted Emilio. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I felt some three stack slander coming on, so I might have muted Emilio's <laughs> mic. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, he's back, muted Nate? again. 
Almost. Here we go. We got him. We yeah. got you back, right. Emilio. There you go. No, there would be no. There is no three stack slander because uh, you know, make your mama proud. Take that thing two sizes down. Come on now. Walk it out. Walk it out, man. Come Yo, on. Man. Every every Valentine's Day, I'm listening to Valentine's Day. You know, like yep. right. Yo, was it I was it what it was I think, three years ago where he dropped that random verse on that Anderson and every, pack? And everybody went crazy because here's the thing with him. He's so good. And if you if you look back at what they were doing with um, you know, like Atlanteans and mm-hmm. you know, even earlier stuff, you know, he was real rapidy rap rap bars, Atlanta Street, Candy mm-hmm. Paint, you know, like that was what he was doing. <laughs> Yeah. And then you know, then what happens is, you know, when you date a a, a, Badu. a third eye open yeah. woman who changes your world, yeah. you know, I like I like to call it the Erica Badu paradox. Where once you right. step inside, yeah, of, you are not of the that same. world. You're you a whole are new not man. the same. You yeah. are forever. You are forever changed. Man, you know, this bro. is this this is a woman that said that she's selling incense to like for her vaginal smells, and this yeah. is, this is you, you know like. You know, it takes a special type of man to date yes. a special type of woman, and they were two right. peas in a pod. And mm-hmm. you know, by by Stankonia, you know, he's wearing turbans and yep. leather yeah. wrist, wrist uh, cuffs, and he's wearing yeah. balloon pants, and yeah. he's and in shoulder his ru- pads and shoulder yeah. pads, and yeah. you know, he's looking like a member of LOD. Uh. You know, and he's yeah. like, and he's coming out, and he like, you know, he's putting like insignias on his chest, and he's wearing makeup and wigs, mm-hmm. and it was. It was so different at the time when hip hop was supposed to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like mean mugging and what what Dre was uh, what what, you know, big boy was doing. Right. You yeah. know, so but there was a great juxtaposition with them where they played off of each other, which is why I right. think like where I think like songs like. Bum, 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 bum. Mm. Oh yeah, Spodiody Dope. Spodiody. Damn. Damn. You know, I, yeah. I, so it was like you can hear it on stuff like that where he was yeah. trying different similes and metaphors and and rhyme patterns and you know he was breaking away from the the typical um you know urban patois and really going into right. you know this like uncharted territory of of clothes and you know influence and to the point when where speaker box and the love below mm. came out you know his in from his inspiration for hey ya was the flaming lips mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and then hey ya just blows up and it's this massive success and then there's like roses and like yep. several other songs yeah. on the album yeah. that made Vibrate. that album yeah that made yeah. that album win yeah. grammy of the year of the year yeah you know Ghetto music oh yeah that, that's one of thing. my favorites yeah the whole thing so so to see that um was was really dope and um just to continue on that wavelength i think it's difficult and you become not obtuse but you you become distant from like the matrix and you need to unplug now granted mm-hmm. it's been it's been over a decade and now he comes in and dribs and drabs and surprises people yeah i think everybody's still fixated yeah. and waiting on because they want to be satiated with that andre 3000 verse i'm also looking yeah. for a cell phone charger yeah I, I call <laughs> i call andre like the black easter bunny because he only show up about once every year but when he does <laughs> you you know you're gonna get something good so like when i heard that uh come home the the track by anderson pock and yes. three stacks just appears on i'm like Damn, like he still got it, but he ain't gonna give it to us all the time. Yeah, bro. Like, yeah. When we talking about music, and we talk, like, I know Nate, you mentioned like the greatest rapper 
alive right now. Like, you know, I'm saying? I, I was born in 96. So like when I'm thinking about my greatest rapper of all, like present day right now, like that I could say. Yeah. For, for, Go ahead, show Soldier Boy some love. We ain't mad. Wait, 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 alive right now, I would have to say for me, it'd be Lil Wayne. I think that's, mm, that's probably my, right. that's probably that's my favorite rapper. Like, I'm not, if I I'm had not to gonna, anybody's name, yeah, yeah you would. I'm not going to argue that either because the, 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 the proof is in the pudding. I mean, there was three summers where it was all Lil Wayne yeah. and Lil Wayne Man. was making everybody's, everybody's hey. feature better. You know what yeah. I mean? Man. Like, and this I'm was, this was right as like the Carter three was coming out, mm. you know, yeah. what stood out to me the most. And I always liked, you know, how can you not love Weezy F baby? But what stuck out to me was the track Shooters with Robin Thicke. Yeah, that was, was like, that was that was fire. It was complete fire. And I was <clears> like, <throat> okay, I see where he's going with this. Mm-hmm. I like what he's doing. Great. Now, now what does he do? And then the mm-hmm. I Feel Like Dying record that he did. Right. Um, um, the I Feel Like Dying record was the one that really stuck out to me because that's when yeah. like the druggy rap really started. He's the godfather of it. Let's keep it a buck. I don't. Yeah. I don't think you get. That's a fact. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Like when it when it comes to like Xanax and and syrup bars and you know all those all those <laughs> other things like opiate rap belong to Little right. Wayne. You know what I mean? It, it has so forth. The crown has switched several times over, <laughs> but <laughs> but in the in the beginning he was the reason why you know opiate rap was 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 what it was. But then also too, you knew you were going to get a fire verse. The moment you heard the the lighter flicker on any mm-hmm. t-shirt you were getting, knew it, yeah, hey, and hey, that hey, was real, it. Real, real quick, I, like just a point on uh, Will, Becky back on what Emilio was saying, like the the, the track of Robin Thicke. I think one of the things that really stood out to me early in Wayne's like his entire catalog, I think, was when he did that song with uh, oh, what was that dude, Kevin Rudolph? Like he did the like let oh, it yeah, rock, yeah. let it like, rock, I, yeah. No, let that, it, that, yeah. That was so different from like most of the stuff that he did. It, it was like a, a, a nice little, like it, it was just some nice little diversity to Wayne's yeah, overall yeah. catalog. And I think that really like, I'm I, back, I, 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 I don't I know what it was something, about this song. I, 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 I never bested in rock music. Like I, that's not really my thing, but I can, I can mm-hmm. listen to it and like, I can tell you what I think a good rock song sounds like, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And like with Lil yeah. Wayne, like I felt like that was like one of the, I, I don't know what it was about that song, bro, but I always enjoyed that song. And like, ever since I heard mm-hmm. that, I've always been like sort of interested in the rock sound in terms of what I think a sound of that particular genre can sound like. And like, just speak, mm. continue speaking on Lil Wayne. I think one of the, one of my favorite projects of his is, uh, is No Ceilings, the mixtape, bro. That is yes. like, I'm talking about that, yes. that, whole, that whole list, that whole track list is one of the best Whatever he freestyling, you know, whether he wrote it mm-hmm. down freestyle, whatever, whatever he, whatever he did, I think that is look back at Wayne catalog. I think that would be you. You got to put that top three in terms of like what he did on that entire track list. Like that was crazy. I, I would, I would also, I, I would also think the Drought series and the Dedication series mm. were great. Um, Sorry for the wait was really good. You right. know, um, T Wayne, the collaborative, the collaborative mix they did with uh, Little, uh, you know, um, T Pain was was great. Um, you know, even recently with Rich the Kid, I even like what he did uh, with that. What's that mix they call Trust Fund Babies? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. you know, he's got some gangster grills in there too. So yeah, he's a really he's a real uh, diverse 
MC. And when he said, you know, best rapper, dead or alive, mm-hmm. you know, like he he really meant it because he, he really did for several years put hip hop on. He's his in back. the conversation. He has hey, to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Emilio, let me ask you this. Like when you're looking at modern day rappers like like this this current generation, who, who would you say is at the the, the top? right now mm. like as far as somebody who has a unique sound somebody that has like sort of captivated the masses in a way or maybe not even captivated maybe they just are sort of on their way up but you but you feel like they they're they gonna snatch the crown one day who is the person that can come to mind just just off the top i, I know like you well, it's, it's not, but yeah you good you good no, no it's it's you know i i said this when he dropped years ago and i'm gonna say it now um i believe it was uzi vert because mm-hmm. You know, uh, the guy's coming out on the Grammys and this is all he's doing. I just want to rock. And I'm seeing people in the crowd and then, you know, listen, man, I'm old. I'm not listening to. You know, I, 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 I you know, my, my cutoff to be like my cutoff was, you know, everything from probably like 2015, anything new like that. I right. don't listen to it and I'll peep, but I got my guys. Like if you I hear it on like, NBA 2K, I'll yeah, check it out. Yeah. Listen, I got my 2K. guys. Like I got, I got Freddie Gibbs. I got right. Currency. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. like I got Casey Veggies. You know what I mean? Like right. we have, we have Odd Future. Like mm-hmm. that was like the last time that I was like, this one's next. This one's that. This one's this. But man, you know, dudes like him. An- another one would be like Trippy Red. Mm. All the, all the um, NBAs. All the the new all, little all the NBAs, uh, all the NBAs, uh, all the all the babies, either you know future. Uh, the future. Well, future's yeah, always been you know yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, the, bad, the Papa Amitrius of of mellow, yes. um, you know uh, uh, harmonic, uh, you know synthesized yes. like music. Drop the you know coldest I mean? verse yeah. on the, on the Black Panther soundtrack. I, I, right, absolutely, yeah. you know it's one of the things that I used to write in in Valentine's Day cards with girls that I would date. It's my grandmother's love that makes me like you know like that that. That stupid verse that he was doing, yeah. you know. So, you know, it's it's things like that. Um, but yeah, I think what you're seeing now is, you know, again, like all like any little baby, big baby, a medium sized baby, big, like big all, the babies, <laughs> like all the babies, all the babies, all the babies. Money bag yo to me, he is, is that yeah. dude? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I I also thought, you know, like. Young dog, R.I.P. Man, just, young dog. Talk to him, man. Talk to him. Literally, yeah. man. And it's so P and B Rock too. They were they were just tapping into, and they were great, but they were just tapping into that next chapter. Like, you man. know what I mean? Like they were outgrowing all the stuff that they were talking about previously. Their lives were changing. They were still staying and and navigating in in a world that maybe like money causes hate. So they should have like pivoted out of that quickly. You know, but like they wanted to stay true uh, to to the source and stay tapped in, and sure. and unfortunately their lives were taken at a very young age. But they were just yeah. starting to come into their own lyrically, where they were getting out of that whole mumbly, you know, weird, you know, double triple thing, and mm-hmm. like you know there was more substance and there was more mm-hmm. teaching and there was more knowledge being dropped. You know, like a lot of mm-hmm. storytelling, you know, talking about a lot of political activism. You know, like these yeah. are things that that still to this day, if you're not like Kendrick or, you know, yeah. or all the heads would be like KRS or whoever, right. like 
You know what I mean? Like young 16, 17 year old kids aren't really trying to listen to, you know, progressive rap about what's going on in the current, you know, infrastructure of the government. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can see the switch that was going from where they were going with their writings, you know, mm-hmm. to a degree, they would they would drop yeah. some bars and then oh, they yeah. would pull back because they never wanted to alienate their audience. But you knew it was there and you knew yeah. they were growing like they right. they were they were moving up to what they like. They were going to do there to, you know, to their pimp a butterfly. I, I genuinely mm-hmm. believe it, it mm-hmm. would have happened, mm-hmm. but it would have been their own yeah. unique spin. I think Dolph would have put his own unique spin on it. Um, right. And I, I like Dolph. Dolph came up to Shade 45 several times, man. He was always super cool. You know, he used to rock like, yeah. like a lot. So I used to I, I I didn't know, dude, but like, you know, sitting there right. and listening and, and, you know, having quick little conversations while we're playing music or whatever. He was just he just seemed very, very nice. And he seemed like he seemed more in tune to what he would lead on. And again, it's all gimmick. Right. You know, you got to sell mm-hmm. your gimmick. Yeah. But I, I, I think, yeah, I think we would have seen some really, really dynamic stuff. From Young Dolph and, and I think P and B Rock. Hey, so. mm. right. my, my my favorite Dolph project, like out of everything, that he, I, like I, I think if I if somebody asked me to like recommend a project from Young Dolph, like that uh, summarize what I thought that his sound was and what I thought his best work was was Thinking Out Loud that came out in twenty seventeen. Mm. Like yeah, I feel yeah. like that was his best mm-hmm. his best project overall. And like when we talking about some of the some of the modern day artists, like uh like how Emilio was just talking about, I think two of my favorites personally. One of them is a dude uh, from 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 DC named Light Show. I don't know if y'all ever heard of this dude. He 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 more so local. Like I don't mm-hmm. think he really I don't think he really broke out yet. But he been rapping for a long time, and I think dude one of the coldest artists, like best storytellers. Like I, I'm I'm a big fan of, of of rappers that can tell their life experience in a story. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm like really interested in that type because like I, I had my little phases when I you know what I'm saying when I like kissing the dudes you know you talking about you doing this and you doing that and you know saying you all about here and doing you know what I'm saying like that, that that's cool but like after yeah. a while I started getting invested in hearing people's stories and hearing the progression in their music and I think another right. rapper that sort of like really symbolizes that I don't know if y'all heard this dude either but G Herbo like I feel like yeah, that's, yeah. That, mm-hmm, that, yeah that that that's right now that's probably my favorite rapper I feel like in his and like when you go back and you look at some like his first project, uh, Walk on the Faisal Land, and you hear what he rapping about to where he at now with his latest project that just came out last year, the progression in his music, mm-hmm. like it, it shows throughout the life experiences that he that he's had. Like now, dude, like a father, and like his whole right. music voice then changed. Like he talking about like you know, like like Emilio was just breaking it down. Like you know, put put progression of you know how how to you know his perspective from the world as a black man, you know, growing up in the streets mm-hmm. and doing this and doing that and how he want to, right. you know what I'm saying? His, his kids more involved like in, in like his lyrics and stuff like that. And his sound has completely changed as he's grown as an individual. So I think that's like some of my favorite uh, artists right now. And like, in terms of right. like, in terms of like the way I like hearing my music now, I just like hearing the, the more storytelling part and hearing the artists progress as the years go on and not be stuck rapping about the same thing. Right. Well, what made me pay attention to to Young Dolph was, you know, first you listen to like Paper Route Campaign, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's that's, yeah. His, that's his first that's his first one, right? Yeah. Then you then you fast forward and to me it was like East Atlanta Memphis with Gucci Mane. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that made me pay attention because Gucci is an island onto himself. Yes. Right, yeah. Right. I so agree. if if you could if you could hang with Gucci and do the thing with Gucci and make it palatable to a dude from New York 
who's now by this time in his early 30s and this stuff's not resonating because I'm not like in that 16 to 24 demo anymore. Right. And making me go, oh, this is hard. Okay, now I'm going to follow you and I'm going to bump a lot of things that you did. And I like 16 zips. I love shitting on the industry. I loved, um, okay. what was the other one, man? He literally, it was a 2017 release. What was it? Uh, I should remember this. What was it? Was the one I did? Was, you talking about? Uh, no, it, it, think, it was. No, I'm thinking. Of, no, cause what did he call it? Oh, gelato. Because I was thinking, what was the Italian? Okay, ice okay, okay. okay. Uh, he did that one. So yeah. like, gelato. Okay. Right. Um, you know, uh, but but that's yeah, man. Those were those are some of the dudes that I really were was paying attention for. And then there was just a lot of underground cats too that mm-hmm. deserved yeah. to. Yeah. be out of here you know and and but again you know soundcloud rap was huge back in the you know yeah. in the in the early yeah. aughts you know oh yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 right, real so- quick Amelia, real, real, real quick Chris. Amelia, hey, what, what you think about like oh the i don't even know how i say the word the post-humans projects like what, what do you think about those like the because some, sometimes i feel like they <clears throat> They, they don't fall flat but sometimes it's I, I, don't, I don't know what it is that sometimes it don't necessarily hit for me like hearing like the, I couldn't hear you. What did you say? The post what? The post humorous projects. Like I don't know if I'm saying post the word humor. right. Like yeah, yeah. Like what, what oh, the post humorous like, projects. Yeah, oh, post humorous um, projects. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you what, know, what, man, what, what, what it's kind of it's kind of like what happened with like Tupac and Big, right? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like they were unfinished projects, and like like changes, for example, was was mm-hmm. was yeah. like an unfinished Tupac song that they just took a second verse from and just yeah. did as I like to call it, studio magic, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I really didn't like anything off the um the Biggie Duets thing. Um, yeah, only, I didn't either. The only the <laughs> only song that I really liked, um, you know, uh, was Eminem and Biggie with Dead Wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's because, you know, Eminem just murked that verse. There's seven different levels of devil worshiping horses, heads, human sacrifices, yeah. cannibalism, candles, and exorcism. That's rabbity rap, rap, rap all day, you know? Yes. And then, <laughs> then you have, you know, you have big, you know, when I get dusted, I like to spread the blood like mustard. Trusted my hardcore rain leaves you blasted. Move over, Lucifer, <laughs> a more ruthless, uh, mm. you know, it was yeah. just like, they, if mm. were, you know, I think given the gravitas of what M had to do and how lyrically sharp Biggie was, and you yeah. never really again he only had two albums and mm-hmm. the the course of hip hop with that man in the whole shiny suit you know mm-hmm. um opulence thing like hip hop yeah. and jewelry and 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 liquor yeah. was always there but but big took it to another level and i think that mm-hmm. was the blueprint for guys like jay to see and dame dash to yeah. see to be like okay right. they were wearing gold yeah. we're going to wear platinum they were drinking yeah. this we're going to drink cristal Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we're gonna now we're gonna we're gonna pick up where Big and Diddy left off with this, right. um, but those those posts you know those post humorous runs man I don't I don't know man they just weren't yeah. they didn't hit for me they sold well yeah. for two yeah, yeah. I mean they, they yeah. sold exceptionally yeah. well um the biggest what if one if the if the if the songs were actually taken care of was the one with him and um, Duck Down you know like boot camp mm-hmm. right, cool. um that was always one like they they like had snippets leak or here, there, or whatever, but big love Smith and Weston, big love, um, Tupac mm-hmm. loved Smith and Weston, Tupac loved, you know, Buckshot. So, and this is at the height of this East coast, West coast beef. So for yeah. them to, for them to be Switzerland, but to, to, to dabble into both really right. said something about how good duck down was as a label and how good duck down were as, as just rappers and businessmen, because right. they, 
they literally were they they stayed the middle path and the music speaks for itself so right yeah. well All here's right, so the thing andrew yeah. well real quick chris because andrew is the best teammate and sometimes he don't even know how good a teammate is because you know we we running on this court with emilio you know we didn't go on here we didn't go on there we started you know before we got into hip-hop a little bit by me saying we was going to talk about Big E. Andrew brought us back by asking a question about <laughs> yeah. Big E. And so that brings us back Segway to Big King. E. Woo, Andrew King. was out here like, yeah. out here like John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas in his prime, giving the assist. <laughs> so I, I appreciate yeah. you, nephew. Uh, crazy, but man. speaking on Big E, because I think this yeah. touches on what we were talking about before the show, Emilio, because we all love, like everybody – on this show, mm-hmm. loves that brother and loves what the New Day have meant, right. not only in the wrestling business, but for the culture. Yeah. But watching his run as champion, you know, that was something where it's like, let's go. I can talk about brother, this all day. I can like, talk about this all day. Brother, right. But it's like, damn, they they did not know, or at least it seemed as a viewer, that they did not know what they have in this man, Big E, because right. if you position him right and let him cook, everybody going to eat. Right. And I wanted to say this, Emilio, because that Big E interview that you did with him for Complex Mm. was the first time I was like, this guy could be doing so much more than what he was what he was doing at the time, you know, because I think he was like doing something where he was uh, Dolph Ziggler's heavy. um, And, um, you know, that 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 thing was. I don't want to say it was beneath him, but it was like, it wasn't shown. Well, I mean, you know, that was his, that was his call up, you know, Mm -hmm. that was his call up. And, um, you know, you're, you're, you're gonna, you know, you're hyping it up and you're getting ready and then you smash the, the, you know, the sternum of, of a young AJ Lee, um, (laughs) you know, uh, you you know, and, and you, and, and you know, sell it, you know, sell it. But you see the fear and terror in his eyes, like, oh, my yes. God, did I just cave in this girl's chest? And she's yes. just play, playing it off like it's nothing. Um, yeah. I, that's when I knew Bruh was special then, and I think mm-hmm. Bruh's special now, and it'll continue to be special. Um, where I think he did cook and where I think he did thrive, and when you look back on E's championship run, I mm-hmm. think you'll look at it in terms of what he did outside of – Yes, the ring and what he did right. for media and being a a spokesman for the company. One not only as the world wrestling entertainment champion, but what he did as a black man in that company. Mm-hmm. I think speaks yeah. volumes because um, at that time, you know, guys like Brock and Roman, Cena, they were doing a different type of interview. Right, you know, exactly. guys like Drew. And Bobby weren't really doing large media runs. But Mm -hmm. E did them all. E did the Breakfast Club. E was on the Breakfast Club talking about the plight of a black man in mental health. Mm -hmm. Right. E was going on Hot 97, you know, talking about, you know, uh, systemic racism. Right. He's going on, you know, other black content creator outlets and and talking about situations in regards to George Floyd and right. you know mm-hmm. everything else that's going on in this country. So when yeah. we look back at Biggie's run, you might say, okay, the the in-ring stuff didn't have a chance to grow 
right. because I think they they I think they made the decision because at this point they were trying to just work towards or pop a rating because AEW was doing some really good ratings at the time. Right, yeah. And it was like, well, if anything you can do, we can do better. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, had they actually fleshed out a proper storyline with the briefcase for him, we probably yeah. could have had an incredible magic moment. Yeah, you know, him, be, him being world, him being world champion is a feather in the cap of the company because they yeah. did trust this man because what this man was able to do with his two partners outsell John Cena at a WrestleMania in terms of merchandise, mm-hmm. unheard of. Yeah, um, but what he did outside of of the ring in terms of presentation and media and looking the part and speaking the part, right? And he is to me, his title run is is greater than great. Because it's right. what you, as a champion, it's what you do outside of the ring. Okay, right. That that even, makes you that makes that that cements your your legacy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You won't be able to tell me, you know, what his what his best WWE title defense was, but you can tell me when you go back and you can watch all these interviews yeah. that this man was speaking on things that wrestlers don't really speak upon. Right? Yeah, and and it so and on- it and it Chris and it didn't feel forced where it was like, oh, because he's black he has right. to be the black voice of wwe right. no no no, no. And, and, this and, is and, the and, stuff that he chose to talk about because he was given the platform and he wanted to show that wrestlers are not just big meatheads but yep. they actually yeah. have they have brains they know not just big meaty men slapping meat and not just big meaty men slapping meat yeah and, and the, the thing i love the most about <laughs> big e and a lot of the black wrestlers in wwe during that time um, especially bef- right like before he became champion, when uh that uh audio tape of Hulk Hogan came out mm, where Terry. he's he's just saying like all kinds of just racist stuff that was in his heart. This wasn't like the N-word in passing, like right. oh, I said the N-word in a rap song, my bad. It wasn't a casual N-word. <laughs> yeah, th- this was the this was like stuff. Oh, he like, dropped the hard R. It wasn't yeah. the A. He was dropping yeah. the R. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> and he, he was dropping the R. And yeah, red and yellow was dropping the yeah, R, yeah. man. I was and, like, and, yeah, and, and, and he was like, if my daughter's gonna date an N word, mm. at least have it be a rich N word and all this stuff. But what I loved about Big E and those people is like, there were so many of the old guard of uh, mm-hmm. black folks in WWE that were just like very, very quick to forgive this man and be like, oh, you know. Hulk, Hulk Hogan isn't like that, and this, and this, and he that. was never yeah. racist to me. Yeah, yeah, and then, right. and, and Big E and Kofi and Titus and those cats, they they just were not having that. They right. they were they weren't like, oh, you could just come back into the fold and we'll just be nice to you and stuff. They expected a lot more out of them, and I think mm-hmm. that's kind of like part of uh biggie's legacy right. um that that needs to be highlighted more because i i, I and, and and it put wwe in a position to where they have to kind of like navigate and learn yeah. and they also have to learn and and right. understand like the importance of race and understand and know their audience as well and be yeah. guided by the metrics of that as well um have mm. they worked towards and took proper steps to change that absolutely they have yeah but you know it it, it takes a while and yeah. there's a le- there's a learning curve <laughs> when you know like there are certain individuals in play there that are that are old you know what i mean like yeah yes 
and, yeah. and it's rough not to say that anybody is, is, is any way or has any ill mentality, you know, towards a, 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 a sector of individuals, not saying that, but you know, like the world is rapidly changing and you have to, and you have to learn and understand that there is more than just an audience that looks like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paying for your product. And yeah. you know, guys like Hulk Hogan forever ruined his legacy. He's not invited yeah. to the cookout no more. No. Yeah. You know, no. you know, he, he can't even pull up and get a plate. <laughs> no, he yeah. can't get the plate. Like nobody's serving him Patty LaBelle's pecan pie. Like he's <laughs> coming. <laughs> like you ain't eating Patty's cobbler now. Like nah, you can't nah. do that. Like no, no. no. like you, you know yeah. what I mean. You're not sitting there and and Medea's been co- so, you know cooking these greens yeah. all day. Like, you can't eat the greens. Like who are you? Is that a hey, look, for, for, like I I I think when I when I'm looking at Biggie's like his title run like I I, I think I thought it was great. Chris I thought it, talked about that was I very important. Was, great. was the yeah look mm-hmm. with the with the I mean we had plenty of discussions about in this podcast about like Biggie's title run and what we thought about mm-hmm. it. Um, Andrew, your audio is um it, is being funky. At the that's, that's terrible late. He jamming Andrew's signal. Yeah, yeah, red and yeah, red and yellow don't want to hear this conversation right now. So red and yellow <laughs> is pulling the control card. That's it. You, Ter- yeah. Here, here's something Ter- that I um Ter- 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 Yeah, Terry Belay. He got you, nephew. He got he got you. Oh no, you so, good? You good, Emilio? Let's see. So go ahead. You, no, 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 go ahead. I want I want to hear your point. No, no, I want to hear your point, bro. Go ahead, please. Oh yeah, I'm I'm all I'm all good. I'm all good now. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah. hear you, Andrew. Yeah. We're here now. Yeah, yeah. I'm behind. Okay, you say okay. you feel okay. like you're behind. <laughs> <laughs> so, bam. But, 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 but Biggie. All right. Um, damn. We're gonna have to. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> that's all good. That's all good. Andrew, switch to Andrew. Use the hotspot on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> so put the hotspot from your if if you're on your computer if you're using a laptop go to the if you're using you? a Mac then just switch to hot uh to a hotspot on your phone and then link it to your computer so that way yeah. you get a good yeah you'll be fine look at this um, look at this this man this man came on as a guest and he's still producing ladies and gentlemen this right. is what a medium oh, it's, no, it's that's bad Nate Nate I hype I hyper fix it because yeah, I recently that's what just I'm got um, diagnosed yeah. with um I just got diagnosed with uh, ADHD mm. at my uh at my oh, late okay. pet. In my late, you know, thirties, going into my forties, and I'm like, it makes sense. Real quick though, while Andrew yeah. uh, takes care of that, I I haven't done this in a while, Chris, but I figured, you know, it is Black History Month. I figured, you know, we do have a special guest with Emilio, so I, I haven't broken out my list in a long time, Emilio. But okay. when we first started the NWA podcast, and Andrew was a Andrew was either our first guest or our second guest on the show. I broke out my list of the five categories of characters that mm. uh, black performers are allowed to play in the WWF slash WWE, at least in my experience as a fan. <laughs> oh, God. Because there are only five. Okay. This is historical. Okay. 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 <clears throat> so there are five categories, and they are as follows. Okay. Number one, angry black man. All the time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two, happy-go-lucky Negro. Oh, yeah, okay, I see it. Yes, I, I see I see what you're doing. Number three, old school stereotypes, pimps, preachers, yes. savages. Yes. yes. Number four, new school 
stereotypes, thugs, rappers, athletes. Yes. And yes. of course, Andrew's favorite Emilio is the fifth category. And that is, that of course is athletic black dude with no backstory whatsoever. <laughs> right. Just come in and do some flips, dog. Yeah. But you see that in all of wrestling, though. You don't yeah. just see that in, and I think that's the problem, right? Like, you mm. don't see that in professional yeah. wrestling. Like, you know, you know who I think is one of the really dopest um, performers out right now and somebody who is probably one of the best signings for AEW um, in 2022? It mm. was Swerve Strickland. Love it. Right, Love yeah. It. And, you know, it's... And I and Swerve are really cool, like friends. He literally was in Staten Island uh, this weekend, and we shot the the wrestle rap um, hoodie that I'm gonna be selling soon. Um, unseasonably warm weather this winter. I'm probably gonna get stuck right. with all of these things. <laughs> uh, what a shitty businessman! But um, hey, it's uh, an early know, Christmas present. Or early Christmas present. You know, come and get you one right now. You know, fifty dollars, mm. whatever. Um, <laughs> Uh, but what I think was great for him and and he understood the the metrics and the importance of optics, right? And how he yeah. wanted to change that he was the 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 rapper character in Hit Row mm-hmm. in NXT to what we see now, where he became this dastardly villain that turned yes. Keith Lee gray, you know? And <laughs> right. And um what you're seeing with him and Rick Ross and the match output has been incredible. Um, his his promo skills, I think people really weren't paying attention to, and now they're listening to him when Mm -hmm. they debuted him. Um, you, you heard the crowd go, whose house swerves house, like the crowd Mm -hmm. really knew who he was. And I think it was off to the races from there. You know, you want to talk about a, a thriving tag team division in all elite wrestling. Mm. You can look at it as they've had the young bucks. They've had the Lucha bros. Mm -hmm. They have had Kenny and hangman. And they have had the acclaimed and they had yep. Swerve in our glory. And, yeah. you know, uh, the the last like sector of that where they were trading the belt back and forth between like the Bucks and FTR and, you know, so on and so forth. And then it gets to the acclaim and the acclaim became, again, two black performers, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, one openly gay. And it was mm-hmm. something that, you know, uh, wasn't seen in professional wrestling before, right. you know, yeah. like, to, you know, to to a degree. And the crowd just fell in love with the acclaim, and then the yeah. uh, and the crowd also. You saw the like the 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 the, the double turn happen in the most mm-hmm. organic of ways. You know, everybody mm-hmm. loves Swerve in Our Glory, but then they like it was because of the the doing with Swerve. He was starting right. to make you hate <clears throat> the duo, and then it comes right. to this with the acclaim, and right. then when they when they won the tag team championships at uh, Grand Slam, the 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 mission was complete. Now you had Swerve as the heel, and now you have Keith as, like, this moral conscience for him. Like, no, you can't do this. Then it comes to Revolution and the rematch, and Swerve has the pliers, and he wants to break Caster and Bowens' fingers, Mm -hmm. and Keith Keith stops it. And it's like, wow. Wow. Storytelling, man. Like, so, so, yeah. So, to me, like, Swerve is, is great. And then you have somebody else like EJ and Duca who is still relatively new to the game with 23 months in. He was an NXT yeah. prospect that got released during the, the budget cuts. Then he goes to Major League Wrestling. That's where I learn of him, and I start working with EJ because I was a producer at MLW for about 10 months. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, to me, he just he stuck out because he was 
everything. He wasn't everything that Nate, you just ran down with that list of five, right? Right. Like each, each to me, what's great about a guy like EJ and Duca was yes, mm-hmm. you would you could take like bits and pieces of big athletic black guy, preacher. Mm-hmm. Sometimes can be angry, sometimes can be happy. But what EJ is is he's just EJ. He he he's a vibe. Same thing. The three dimensional person. They yeah. are a vibe, but they also know the and understand the importance of optics. Right. Mm. And a lot of performers, not even just black performers, white performers don't even understand the the importance right. of optics. And you have yeah. to remember, like, the optic is everything. Optic is the reason why you stand out and you get our attention. So we spend our money on you and we watch you. You can have a great match and do all the moves and do all the, the flippy-doos and topes <clears throat> and Canadian <throat> destroyers you want. Or you can work a headlock for 25 minutes. And if you right. don't say a word or you don't have a cool optic, why are we investing in you? And guys right. like EJ who would use, like, you know, Bible references and speak in a parable of Christ when he would want to talk about, you know, the violence he was going to inflict on somebody mm-hmm. on MLW television was yeah. something that I always thought was so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And 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 to help him like really work on that and to see him grow and to see him shine to where he is now, where, you know, he had a banger against Takeshita on dark. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, like you see it and you're like, optic is everything. Myron Reed, another fantastic yeah, performer. Man. Right. You know, Trey so, Miguel, Chris Bay, mm-hmm. uh, uh, even, and I know he really does not like to talk, but you have a guy like Jonathan Gresham, who yeah, I mm-hmm. think is going to dethrone Josh Alexander at one point mm. to become right. Impact mm-hmm. World Champion. Right. So what do you think, like, because um, Tony Khan's been in the news a lot, and this was one of the things that I was kind of talking to you off air about, but um, the... um. The Tony Khan situation with Ariel Hawani, I thought that just kind of turned into something that it didn't need to turn into. But what, and, and this has always been my argument, and I don't think AEW is a bad show. Um, but I don't I think, think so at all. Uh, yeah, but, but, but my problem with them at the current moment, I have to make mm-hmm. this clear for the people that listen to us because they they will come for us. So, um, <laughs> but but but, but, but my, my whole thing is this is like the, the, the I don't think WWE's programming is perfect at the moment, but they've got one very 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 the bloodline is fire though. Yeah, that that's yeah. lifted. That's rising the tide for everybody else, and I think that every time something like that even comes close with AEW, they just go back to doing a status quo show. Their shows aren't bad, but there's not one thing on AEW television that I feel like, oh, if I miss this, I'm going to, I'm going to regret it, you know, or if I don't see this live, then um, I'm going to like be a, like the bloodline stuff is something like, you know, like, look what it's done just for, like, Sami Zayn. Right, but that Rose. also, yeah, but that's been, but that's been, you know, we've been programmed to right. think it's great because it is great. But again, yeah. it's by design because it started right. all the way back at the Thunderdome. Right. Yeah. So, but, it's, but that's, it's, but, but, it's, no, but that's, that's where the whole bloodline thing started. It started right. with Roman fighting his cousin. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then and, it becomes, and, and, and then it becomes what it is now. 
Now, I might, I might not, I might turn off a certain sector of your fans where I don't think all the time nuance in professional wrestling needs to be the thing. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes you can. I agree. I think sometimes you can go out there and do the thing, do the match, hit the moves, make everybody go home happy because there's only two things that we remember in professional wrestling, and this is what I would tell my guys and girls that I would produce. They remember your intro, and then when the bell rings. Yep. Right. A match is a match, and a promo is a promo. Go out there. They're they're, they're interchangeable, kitties. Just make it make sense. And sometimes... Let me just flush this point out because I'm thinking as we're we're, we're speaking. Um, And sometimes I don't think they, AEW, won't flesh out certain things. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't, wow, that was an aggressive <laughs> That was emphatic, bro. No, because that's what I'm getting at. I'm looking at Ricky Starks from a couple months ago, <laughs> and we were all here like, wow, what Absolutely. is Ricky Starks going to turn into? And every since they, they've gone, like he's been downgraded from the point where he right. got that fire-ass promo on MJF, yeah. and I'm like, what the – what in the fuck is going on? All right, Chris, what here's what I need you to do. Here's what I need right. you to do first. Take a breath. Relax. Woosa. Woosa. Listen, I get it. I think the best way to describe it, right? And I, and, I'm, yeah. and I see your point, and it makes total sense. Think about it like this, right? You put a pot of water on the stove, right. and now it's bubbling. Right, mm-hmm. and there's been several times where Ricky is bubbling. That water you can't even put your hand in; it's coming off the bone. Right, the skin is just gonna melt. Right, but then what? Then what happens is you take the pot off, mm-hmm. and now it starts to the steam starts to come, and it's it just simmers down again. Then what happens? You need somebody else again. Oh, Ricky cuts a promo. People start to pay attention. Now we're gonna put the pot back on the stove. Now mm-hmm. a little bit of the water is gone. Now now it's bubbling again. You do nothing. Take the pot off the stove again. Eventually, what happens now is that water is starting to evaporate, and you're yeah. not going to have your crowd so fully invested in a guy like Ricky Starks when he should be one of your guys. He should be like, yeah, one of the guys. the The, the thing that I always and I think AEW <clears throat> is a great roster. Oh, I yeah. think everybody Stack. there wants to do yeah. the thing, right? Right. Um, and right now, I think everybody that holds a championship should mm-hmm. be the ones holding the championships. Mm-hmm. Right. But eventually, you now have to take those belts off somebody. I think mm-hmm. going into Revolution, I think Wardlow's going to win that championship again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then Wardlow yeah. will, be, will be a made guy. Joe can go off now and then help build what is going Marijuana. to become yeah. ROH television now because I think you need established people there. Yes. There's a reason why Joe and Claudio are there. There's a mm-hmm. reason why they're champions. Now you have to establish what they were doing. And I think Tony had to course correct a lot. Remember, he had um the he had Forbidden Door mm-hmm. and he had a double or nothing. Yeah. Back to back. <clears throat> right. So now what's happening is you're forgetting all the storylines that you're building for double or nothing. Right. And you're focusing on this. And now the crowd mm-hmm. is getting confused on what they're, what are we supposed yeah. to pay attention to? Yeah. Like, the shiny, there's always a shiny new toy in a, right. Do you have, you have Jay white cutting a promo. Okada comes out, cutting a promo. Hangman wants to wrestle them both. Are we going to make it a triple threat match at all out? Bing, mm-hmm. uh, at a, uh, at forbidden door. Bing, boom, boom. Oh, mm-hmm. what's going on? Why are we, what is so confusing here? Then you have like the entire card there. It's going to be like, you know, 
MJF, Wardlow. Uh, oh, but the, then we'll the mystery we're person. Gonna, yeah, the yeah, mystery, mystery person. person. Yeah. Then we're gonna yeah. we're gonna yeah. do, but then we're gonna do this thing where Wardlow goes home, uh, where MJF goes home, and now we don't know if he's gonna show up, and we work everybody, and it's you like got, you it, got, it's just you got so, Sting teaming with teaming with all these dudes from New Japan, man. You got yeah, right. yeah it, all these it's, dudes, it, yeah. and it's just yeah. like okay, I, I understand what you want to do, but just yeah. just flush it out. And then right. WWE was also the same way too, where yeah, they if were. Something's not if something's not working, they're just they're, they're moving on, and you're forgetting yeah. about it. Ric Flair knocked up Lacey Evans. We never heard yes. about it again. Thank God. That was the storyline. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And now, and now you don't know whether or not she's she's uh, she's a Southern Belle, she's a uh, a Xena Warrior Princess, yes. or she's or she's like John Cena light. You know, you don't know what she's like. One minute she's a soldier, next minute mm-hmm. she's a Southern Belle, next minute who knows? Right. Yeah. You know. So like, we don't know what they're doing. And then like all the the Bray Wyatt stuff, it's confusing, mm. and it's like like. Who does he help? And is it like one of those things? And it's like, well, how are they trying to tell the story? So like, not yeah. like you said, not everything's going to be perfect. Right. But just give me for both yeah. shows <clears throat> consistency. Yes, make it make sense. Exactly. Give me a cohesency where I know everything is going to plug into each other. Right. Like right. why, why do you air those book of Hobbes vignettes? But then mm. we haven't seen Will Hobbes on television. Right. Yeah. Talk to like him. Right. Yeah. And and you have and you what you have in Will Hobbs is special because again you have an incredible roster of new talent that was never picked up from the competition. Mm-hmm. Right. Your eye, what you seen, and what you liked in a guy like Will Hobbs and a team like the Acclaim, as I like to call them, the patron saints of dark. If you go back and you right. watch all their dark <laughs> stuff, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. were the ones that yes. were holding dark down. Yep. Yeah, they were. Yep. And, that, and they come here, and organically the Acclaim gets over. I think it's a little bit of part to do with, like, you know, Dan Housen calling the guns daddy yeah, ass, ass and ass yeah. boys. And yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, and I, and I think that helped as well because Dan Housen has a Midas touch, but then, yeah. you know, the, the smarts of Tony and Caster and Bowens and every, and, and, and daddy ass is like, all right, let's, mm-hmm. let's run with this. Let's make this a thing. You know, they mm-hmm. haven't really done that with Hobbs. You haven't given Hobbs an opportunity. You're telling his story in dribs and drabs and vignettes, mm-hmm. but you're not seeing him wrestle. Like the last time right. I I was vested in a Will Hobbs match was was that big ass Haas match at um Full Gear, right? Where mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. where it was Hobbs, yes. Joe, yeah. was it Wardlow? I think Wardlow, Wardlow, too, Wardlow right? yeah. yeah, yeah, Wardlow. And it's yeah. like, ooh, okay, this is where you could have started to build Hobbs to be a guy, right? right. Like even if you wanted to make him be like you know mid card lower tier talent and let yeah. him go on this like undefeated yeah. streak to challenge for the TNT championship, right. which is the worker championship. I don't need to see MJF defend the belt. As long as MJF is on TV with the mm-hmm. belt, we're good, but make yeah. his story make sense too. Yeah. Where he's going to go against Danielson. But in terms of that TNT championship, that should be defended weekly, yeah. either in an open challenge or either right. in a storyline. Now I get yeah. it. They, 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 and it was smart the way they did it. Joe beats Wardlow. Joe is now the king of television. Joey two times, right? He has two belts. Then he gets beat by Darby. They're going around for a little while, for about, I don't know, six weeks, ten weeks. Darby's mm-hmm. crushing it, doing all yeah. – he's he's wrestling, and he's wrestling yeah. everybody. Then they have this incredible rematch, right? Darby loses. Now Joe becomes this 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 two-time you know TNT champion. And what they've been doing with Joe, really good booking. 
consistent, right. smart booking. Yeah. Give me that with Hobbs. Mm-hmm. Right. Give exactly. me that with Hobbs. <clears throat> right. If you can you get- do that and make him show that he's dominant. Man, brother should never leave his feet. Right. Should never leave his feet. Nope. Yeah. Spear and- them, hit them with the spine buster, make their spines become Play-Doh and call it a day. Yep. Right. And I think that like one of the things that, um the, about this era is back in the day you were on a journey with a wrestler, you know what I'm saying? And I just think that anytime you something happens organic, you got to go with it. So my yeah. example is like with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shawn Michaels, the Rockers in the in the 80s were for all intents and purposes a jobber tag team. Damn, the Bret, Marty Janetti slander on the, these screens. In, in, so in, real, WWE, man. in, in mm-hmm. WWE, they were. Um, <laughs> in, um, and uh, the Hart Foundation were good, but then you got to see them climb levels. And mm-hmm. by the time they became world champ, it was like, okay, it wasn't just them that earned it. It was the audience that earned that run with them. And I think what Ricky Starks, like there's too many guys in WWE um, and AEW that I'm being told this is the guy. And that kind of turns me off a little bit. Like Austin Theory, for example. I no knew it. I knew you were him. going there. No, no offense to him, but it's like they, I keep every time I watch WWE, it feels like they are telling me Right. This is the guy. Ricky well, you know Starks. why that? Yeah, but you know why that is though. It, it's done by design. Like you speak yeah. about Shawn Michaels, right? He mm-hmm. went right. from AWA jobber tag team, like you say, with the Rockers in yeah. WWE. <clears throat> yeah, fine. I, I won't. I won't argue that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens in 1992? Yeah, that thing. <laughs> what happens in 1992? Right, yeah. mm-hmm. and then, and, but now look at, but look at the timeline from 92 to 95. <clears throat> you're yeah. giving Shawn Michaels. How many years to mm-hmm. develop yeah. the Shawn Michaels heartbreak kid character? So by right. the time 96, 97 rolls around, he yeah. has it perfected. He's right. the yeah. top guy. You yeah. have him and Brett. They're going back and forth. Austin's mm-hmm. starting to bubble now. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between now and then. Mm-hmm. Right. What happens is now sometimes a lot of these bookers, or these owners of these companies book for the pop. Right. And, they, they, and, and they know that their audience has the attention spans of fruit flies <laughs> and, on, and will go on Twitter. Right. And then their thumbs will get real angry about booking mm-hmm. things that they have no knowledge of knowing and right. saying this one should be the next or this one should be this. Yeah. Right. If you build organically, naturally, you're yeah. going to see dividends pay off in the long run. Right, which is why which is why you have to do it with your guys. They did it with Britt Baker. They're doing mm-hmm. it with yeah, Jade. Yeah. You're yeah. seeing it in real time with Jade. There's a reason why. Right. Excuse me. There's a reason why you're keeping Jade away from the DMD when she was world champion. Right. This and Jamie Hayter. Yeah. Yeah. Because like my whole thing too is like I didn't even know I needed a a Ricky Starks semi main event main event run. <laughs> until that promo he cut the same kind of thing with Kofi Kingston is like I was like my god man what, what right but Chris can you rush but can you rush the process though no you can't if rush you, the if, process if, but, if, you, but, but if I have you to have, feel like it's happening I have to and that's the problem feel like right yeah. and I agree with you with that because <clears throat> the, the, you have to feel like it's happening and it doesn't 
Yeah. Why right. is why 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 were we getting weeks of Bobby and Brock, and then Brock gets eliminated by Bobby at the Rumble? Mm-hmm. Brock's yeah. coming in and b- is the reason why he's not United States champion. They have right. two matches. We th- it, it was looking like if you were to read the tea leaves, they were going to have the rubber match at WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you don't. Now yeah. that oh, do plans change? Does yeah. Brock pull his 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 red and yellow card and be like, no, I want to I want to work. <laughs> Brock, uh, Brock, heard, Brock heard that break. <laughs> Brock heard that break thing. It was like that does not work for me, brother. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened, yo. You know, yep. and yeah. and so it's like that. Like you know, so what happens is like you tell this incredible story from months on end, sometimes going back mm-hmm. a year or two with certain references, and then it's forgotten yeah, about. Yeah. Yep. And right. it's like, and it's like, ooh. <clears throat> Okay, so you can invest in this bloodline thing, and it's mm-hmm. crushing. People are in and out of, and they're playing it too long now with, with you know, hardened criminal Dominic Mysterio and Ray. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. listen, the kid's out of, you know, kid's fresh out of at, up north, you know. He's, he's trying to reassociate with uh, right. with, with life on the streets, you know. You he's know. stepping to papa, you know, and. But again, you, there has been no payoff to the point to build. Now, you got five weeks yeah. left for, till WrestleMania. Right. Obviously, it's going to happen. But it's like, what are you doing? Mm. Now, right. if you if if we pull back the lens, we can see what's really happening is yeah. And, and I don't know if you got you can give them credit for this, or maybe it's just a crowd or how good of a performer she is. But Rhea Ripley has really stood out during yes, this whole has, entire yeah. thing. So right. if you remove if you remove the lens of Dominic and Rey Mysterio and you just focus on her when Ray yeah. and and um Escobar had their brief really dope interaction and then mm-hmm. Escobar turns around to really looks like he was going to belt uh Dominic Mommy's in there and she goes into his face <laughs> and she's yeah. looking around now and she blows him a kiss and that infuriates him he like you know what I mean like you know and then they they go off and and whatever and then you get the 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 thing at the end with with Ray and and uh Dominic where he hasn't he hasn't struck him yet um, right. But again, it's it's like if you could tell those stories, then you yeah. can you can invest in this. If you can give right. me, if you can give me the story between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, which to me is the greatest story told in AEW history at this mm. current juncture mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. World Championship when mm-hmm. they faced off and Kenny had yeah. an incredible run as AEW champion, and I don't think people give Kenny his flowers for how good. No. He yeah. was during bro, that, that man was like fifty percent. Yeah, bro, he bro that whole run Omega was like fifty percent healthy, and this he was man great was, at it. Going around, yeah. he, what, what, what did he have? He had vertigo, but he was doing the title. But you, but you know how insane that is to have vertigo yeah. while you're wrestling. Bro, the the room is basically, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like man, that, that's I, I had a, I had a, du- I had a. I had a double ear infection. I laid in bed for two days. I don't know how that guy's doing a Chopin <laughs> yeah. suicide. For real, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, hey, so, hey, so to me, he's that. He's Kenny's that dude, man. But yeah. they told but, but, but they told a really good story. So if they can do that with their with their mid card guys to build them up, because if you look across the board, there's no, there's no who who's the next? Like, yeah. who, who's who's facing Cody? Once Cody dethrones the yeah. tribal mm. chief, mm. right? And that's yeah. Okay, that's, hold on, hold on, Chris, hold on, because because we are running uh, short on time. Because you know we appreciate Emilio for swinging through this week, uh, but we gonna we gonna each get one last question for the brother and Emilio without even knowing. Again, Emilio, much like Andrew on his John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas, Trey Young, 
grind right now. Mm-hmm. Threw up the assist. One of the people we talk about a lot on this show, uh, you know, he might not be a black wrestler, Emilio, but he is certainly uh, in touch with the community. This, I'm talking about the man that stepped in an AEW ring and ended racism as we know it in the continental Jesus United Christ. States, brother. Cody Devontae <laughs> Rhodes. We're Rhodes. talking about this man, the son of a son of a plumber. And and he, he's got a story to finish, Emilio. Mm. So my, my final question to you, brother, is a question that you just kind of brought up. So the story should end with Cody in the middle of the ring holding the title his daddy could never win. Um, yeah. But then what's next? So so what, what are your thoughts about the build that they've had so far? I think they've done a great job kind of making Cody Teflon uh, in a difficult situation with how popular Sami Zayn's gotten off of this bloodline story. Right. Um, so right. what are your thoughts on the build? And, and, and I got here, Cody Devontae Rhodes, brother. Um, I like Cody Devante. I think he is he's an he's an incredible uh Nubian king. Um <laughs> you know. Um all those pitches of, of of those Photoshop pitches of him in the middle of like the civil rights movement. Yes. Yeah, Malcolm X and stuff. It's really funny, man. It is it is it is really funny. But in all seriousness, um I think what they've been doing is smart and it's tough because it was scary. If you're you're talking about that Monday. Mm-hmm. From a right after the chamber, he could have got booed out of the arena in he Canada. Man, he, man. he, his, his pop was just as big as Sami Zayn's. So that it just was. goes to show that just goes to show how over Cody Rhodes is, right. and how they set up his storyline was he had unfinished business to do in WWE, mm-hmm. and one of the things was like like you said, Nate was to win that championship that his father never held. But then also, you know, there's more than one royal family in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they go with it now because it started with Paul Heyman and him, and they're cutting that promo. And Heyman mentions his dad and this, but he talked about Roman Reigns. And I think that was a smart play too because it was like, oh, okay, my dad liked him. Okay, cool. I got to prove, I got to prove that my dad also groomed me he just didn't mm-hmm. groom he just didn't groom yeah. roman you know yeah. uh in that <clears throat> nxt in that in that in that in the pc and i think how they they did it it plays off really really well um right and i think what happens is he wins um you know fireworks pop in circumstance and i think jay white is his next guy i oh, think jay wow. white's the i think jay white's the test if jay white does sign you know because there are rumors out there mm-hmm. and if jay white and if jay white signs he could be the no pun intended the catalyst to to face Cody Rhodes because Roman goes off TV and takes a much needed break becomes yeah. a part time guy, you know, and then you can continue doing this bloodline thing with Sammy and Kevin and the Usos and you don't know where that's gonna go, um. So you can let that continue to do its own thing and then maybe he has to come back after several months off to reassess the family and rebuild the family and bring it back up to where they were. And then he mm-hmm. can challenge again to whoever the champion is. So I think Jay White, I think Jay White is the perfect guy for that because WWE's main event picture, there is nobody. They have yeah. nobody. Yeah. They have yeah. nobody. Jay can come in because he's a he's a two-time IWGP world heavyweight champion. So he's already a made guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not many, yeah. not many, not many guy Jin, not many professional mm-hmm. wrestlers could mm-hmm. say that they have won that championship. He right. is one of he is one of a select few that can say that. 
you know, especially right. in WWE. You had Kurt Angle, you had Brock Lesnar, you had Shinsuke Nakamura, you had AJ Styles up until this mm-hmm. point. So, like, that, right. that, that's a class of four. Right. Okay? That's important. Right. I'm, about, I'm, about that. Emilio, right. I'm about to say Emilio, and then on top of that, the way he was presented in New Japan, like, the dude was, like, he was, like, one of their guys. Like, Absolutely. And at one point, yeah. was their guy, like, right, right yeah. with Okada and Gaines <clears throat> with Tanahashi, right. and, like, he was, and, he was the dude. And Jay's yeah. there, and he's barely 30 years old, and he knows yeah. how to yes, talk. bro. He, he's never really have had any type of sort of injury. He is yeah. very good at what he does. He wrestles a very great indicative style to fits WWE. that style, that WWE style. Yeah. He, I, think, I think he fits, the, I think he fits the, the company protocol. I think he fits the mold. And mm-hmm. I think people are absolutely going to fall in love with him when they actually see him do what he is going to do on a larger American television. And mm. you're going to hate him because he's good at making yes. hate him. And, <laughs> yeah. and everybody needs a foil, and that's going to be his for a while. Right. And I think that's a smart way to to in, in, indoctrinate him into the company. Now, whether right. or not he wins or loses is inconsequential. Right. I, I don't care about that. I just yeah. want you to in, introduce him the right way, give this the time and attention that it needs, keep him serious, treat mm. him as a big star. Yeah. Because they really don't do that with a lot of uh, <clears throat> new J- new Japan talent that come over. Right. Yeah. So if you can do that and you can if the planets can align that way and you can really believe in him, then he's going to give you weeks and months of excellent television leading right. up to I would love to see it at SummerSlam. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. A, a I, dream Go ahead. I was just going to say Chris, I, I love it. Devonte King switch. Let's go. Uh, but Chris, I was going to pivot to you because again, I'm, I'm trying to be my, it's, it, it, it's, it's a new year, man. It's still a yeah. new year. So I'm trying to be better mm. at yeah. keeping track of the show times. Right, uh, but yeah. Chris, uh, what, 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 what you got for Emilio, man? What was no, the last question so, for the brother? Uh, um, okay. We'll, we'll talk about the Ariel Hawani. Cause we're definitely going to do a part two. Like let, let's, yeah, let's, we'll, let's we'll not, let's not, uh, I'll, I'll right. come back on for sure. I'll come right. back. We're running this back. But, uh, but, but, um, my one of my dream scenarios, and you guys can tell me um, if you like this, but I think uh, if if Roman loses at WrestleMania, and I'm still not 100 convinced that's happening, but if he does, stop hating. That's not hating. It's just no, they make sense. No, that makes sense. They can they yeah. they might want to break red and yellow's uh, yeah. 1474 day streak. Yeah, I could see that, but um, I was wondering like. I would like a scenario where uh, Tama Tonga, the day hey. after WrestleMania, like the bloodline turn on Roman and like beat his ass to give him his much needed vacation and forms a new faction with the remaining bloodline members, you know? Um, what do you what do you think of that? How real realistic do you think that is of happening? I, I mean, I mean, I mean, do we have to do we have to start to lump in every uh person of Pacific Island um like yeah, blood? You know, um would it be would it be incredibly yeah. cool that Tamatanga could could, uh, yeah. could come in well, and it, do it? it ties into uh, it his does personality. It, oh, oh it does. Yeah. I, I yeah. think you know he was he was the de facto leader of the bullet club. Yeah, uh, to a degree, when they broke off and had that civil yeah. war between you know, yeah, Bullet Club OGs and then like mm-hmm. Bullet Club Elite. Um, I thought that yeah. was really cool. I think Tama <laughs> is is prime and ready 
as well. I think he has the look. I think he can cut a promo. And again, he's another one that wrestles that really indicative WWE X pace where he's really, really good. Um, but I, I think he also, there's a lot of unfinished business with Tama at new Japan too. I think he could, yeah. he could be IWGP world heavyweight champion. Um, yeah. do I see him coming here? Oh man, I would love to see Tama in a WWE mm. ring. I would love to see Hikaleo, his, his little brother, his brother come yeah. in. And I would love to see Tama have yeah, Hikaleo yeah. as his heater. And cause Hikaleo so cool, man, the way he comes mm. into that ring, it really doesn't mm. have to say much, but choke slam your ass through the ring. He's great. Um, but yeah, I think I think something like that could be cool. And then it's like Roman comes back and he and he already has a solidified dance partner. Um, mm. But again, that that's really cool. What if storytelling and really yeah. cool? What if booking? If if they're allowed to come in and do this, will they give mm. these individuals time? That's always right. the thing. Will they give yeah, yeah. them time? Right. Yeah. And 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 you don't know. You don't know because. You know, it ebbs and flows with who's going to be the guy. It's a revolving door there. Outside of Roman, because he's in that late, that that class of like Cena and yeah. like Austin yeah. and Rocky. He's that guy. And I think now Cody's becoming into that rarefied air as well. But for the most part, when you have that that special 1%, you want to keep them your top guy. But for the rest right. of it, it's like, a, it's like a revolving door. It's like Disney. Right. No, Nobody's bigger than Mickey Mouse. You mm, go to yeah. Disney because you want to <laughs> see the attractions. You want to see the castles. But, man, what are you wearing? You're wearing the mouse ears, right. and you're going. Nobody's <laughs> bigger than them. You don't become bigger than the mouse. Ho-ho, acknowledge me. Ho-ho. And I think the <laughs> And I think the company, and I think the company is the same way. You don't get bigger than the company. You're just going to be the yeah. revolving door that we choose right. you to be. Because for a little while, they were doing that with Charlotte and Becky and Sasha as well, where the mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. were becoming the big deal. And the guys yeah. took a step back. So um, in that in that regard, I think you can have – you can because SmackDown is going to need something. And I think what better mm-hmm. way, Chris, like you say, what better way to bring in some new blood with with Tama and, and Hikaleo? I, I would love right. to see it because I think they're really talented. We're, Mm-hmm. With, with, with Tama, like for for me, I, I think him being in WWE, like I think he would have a, a a good run there. But like what he's doing in New Japan right now, I feel like he's like just now starting to become. Like I, I I feel like he's really starting to find his footing as a as a strictly solo talent. Like especially yes, him, right. him having this never open weight championship run. Like I know he, bro, he just had a great match with El Fantasmo at New Beginning in Osaka. And then back in January, I did not think that that match with Carl Anderson was going to be, like, as good as it was. Like, they shocked the hell out of me. I was good. Me. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, listen, you got Carl Anderson match. to bump. Carl Anderson don't bump for <laughs> shit. So if you can get Carl Anderson <laughs> to bump. You're getting Carl <laughs> Anderson to bump. You, you, you're doing something. So, um, yep. But again, but that also is a testament to how good Carl yeah. Anderson is as a professional wrestler and how good him and Tama connect. You know what I mean? For like, sure. they, they told a really good story with, with, uh, with, with, with Chad machine gun not really being there as often as he was and they were telling the story on social media via twitter and instagram and it was it was a, mm-hmm. it was done very well and i don't think yeah you're right tama doesn't get his flowers and he should because he's very good mm-hmm. and he and he's been consistent there for many years yes. right yeah yes. and and besides yo yes. the god hey. theme song just hits that is that Banger. theme song I I think one of the cool things about Tama that he like when you talk about people that don't get their flowers, I I I really appreciate wrestlers that can sort of like take their character sort of in a different direction and keep it relevant in a way. And like I, I feel mm-hmm. like with Tama, like even him switching, like he, he I think Tama was great as a heel. I really do. Yeah, but like right. he started like, moving into like that baby face role. Like he's yeah. doing like a really 
great job in this position right. and just by doing the basic thing he just went out there just having great matches and that's it well that's, people, that's, uh, the, that's the thing right like that's the thing right so if you are mm. good at the thing that you do people mm-hmm. are going to like you <laughs> right yeah at its at, at its simplest form that is yeah. that is it if you are good at what you do people are going to like you all that's right it. um i have to go but well, I got one uh, but I got one question for you though real go, quick. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Should should have Dwayne Wade stayed with Kinu or should he have actually did the whole baby please moment with Whitley since you're wearing the different <laughs> world <laughs> <laughs> Because let's be real the when, final when, season uh, let's be real the final season of a different world went, boom like, it wasn't uh, so good yeah, like man. yeah but when, that uh, moment that moment where it's like baby please and then like they they embrace and you know it's like woo. Dwayne should he have stayed with Kinu though? <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne Wayne was a was a fuck boy to win. Wow, you doing wow. this? You doing this, Dwayne Wade, she, man? She had she had moved on with Papa Pope. Uh, wow. <laughs> she, she had wow. moved on with Byron. You yeah. know, no, come she on, had man. Moved on, and he he was playing so many games with that woman, and then when he what <laughs> once he sees that she's happy. And with someone else, yeah. Now he's wanting to like break up the marriage and shit, man. If that if he done that shit at my wedding, man, he he he'd be he'd be seeing yeah. he'd be seeing my family members, man. And but, then uh, Byron, and then Byron's responsible for Skynet, which sets off the trend of Terminator mm. too. So right, it was, yeah. you, you, you blame you blame Dwayne Wade, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, bl- I, bl- I blame Dwayne Wade. Dwayne he Wade pulled, for that. but he the, pulled bitches though. He pulled oh, he, bitches. He, Dude. It was the it was the flip glasses the and flip Jordans. Glasses. Yeah, it was the yes. Jordans too because his sneaker game was always good. Dwayne Wayne was was swimming, man. I'll, I'll like say Denise that. Huxtable. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. he got Whitley Gilbert. Yeah. Kino is it though, bro? Kino is Kino is it? Oh yeah, she was Kino the uh, ja- she was a Japanese one, right? The, the yeah, because Japanese and black. That's when he yeah, went to Japanese work for. Uh, uh, who was the, Hakata- what was the, co- Hakata- the game company? Hakata- it was like something it was, uh, industries. Hakatashi yeah. or something. Hakatashi like, industry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. something. It was something. Yeah, yeah. But um, Yo. he was he was great. Uh, but different yeah, world. Talk about a different world all day though. So oh, that's, yeah, that's, we, that's gonna be yeah, on the next episode. We we, we were we we like, when I was on your show, we were talking about my two dads, man. We really got to do something <sighs> like. Well, some here's the deal school. with right. Well, here's the deal with wrestle rap. It's just we don't want to talk about wrestling. <laughs> let's talk about homeboys from outer space space let's 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 talk about if you imagine vince mcmahon you walk into his office and he's watching a different world and he's like she he should have stayed with kato but yeah why was marissa tomei in this yo yeah marissa tomei people forget that's what she got her like a big break yeah, that was yeah. Marissa that cast was amazing, man. Cree Summer, yeah. oh, I still love Cree Summer to this yeah. day. Yeah, to this yeah. day. Yeah. To the, um, I mean, listen, I loved. It. I just I, I once Jada Pinkett like did the Lena character. I was like, I was out on the new class. That was their yeah. version of Saved by the Bell, yeah. the new class. Yeah, yeah. yep, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah, and I liked um, but, but I thought they could have done if they would have woven the story a little bit better. I thought those new cats with Bumper Robinson and mm-hmm. um, and it was uh, Jada. such. It was yeah. such a progressive television right. show. They they yeah. Yeah. talked about the epidemiology of AIDS. Yeah, yeah. Tisha nobody Campbell. else was. Yeah, and Whippy Goldberg on that episode. They yeah, they yeah. Mm-hmm. they were fantastic yeah. with that. They actually yeah. they talked about racism. Uh, that episode right. with with Dean Kane. 
in when they all yeah. got locked yeah, up. Yeah, like, yeah, fight yeah. Up. Oh, yep. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, when they uh, spray-painted dude's car with the N.I., yeah. Yeah, yep. they pulled the and whole Terry Bollea like, was out there with him. Literally, Terry Bollea was out there. He was like, give me that. I'll show you how to spray-paint, brother. <laughs> you got you to gotta have can control. <laughs> <laughs> what you going to do? Bro, 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 whenever, whenever I hear... But whenever whenever I hear Dean Kane, bro, the first thing I think about is uh the dude that played that played him in How High. That that, that that's like <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. A, a, every every time I hear Dean Kane, like that's the first that is the first thing that comes to my mind. You don't think it's Superman? I don't think it's Superman. I don't think that, but it's it's How High. I'm telling you, <laughs> man. This was Yo. this was fun, man. You guys were yeah. you guys were great. I I appreciate you guys coming in and let me uh I don't know just talk shit. Uh, Oh, yeah. Thanks for being here. Uh, later, oh, my, my dudes. I, you know, so, y'all are my brothers. Yes, yeah, so you can but... find Chris at KMEZ Does It on Twitter. Uh, yeah. So send the brother some love. Send the brother some and hate. He's here for you, all the you, smoke. Are you going to be at Are you doing WrestleMania stuff this year, uh, Amelia? Wale Mania, brother. All yeah, right. So I, I, I bought my tickets to Wale Mania, man. Um, Good because we weren't copping anybody. Yeah, 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 come on, man. I, I know, how, I know how you want to play. You got to pay, every, brother. Every, everybody, everybody's got to pay their own way. Like what that? What, what did those gang members say to Denzel at the end of train training day? Oh, I know what you're like, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody's got to you know put in their own work. To, to so. quote to quote Rocky one when he's on the pier and he takes the guy wants to give him his coat. He's like, you want a dent? You got to pay the band. You want to play? Yeah. You got to pay the man mm. so he's like, well, you know chris wants to pull up to wale mania he's got to pay the band because i i got i got my tickets just, just i appreciate that just, awesome. just, thank you very much just don't so. i'm gonna i'll be the guy with the cane um I'm i'll pull almost, you on stage bro you want to yeah. come hang out on stage we'll come out on stage you can all right cool out. shit yeah my you lady here. here with you too all right Easy. i'll you catch you i'll number? catch you kites later got your number yeah, um, later, I'll catch you guys. Y'all are my brothers. Love you all. Peace. Yo. Love you, brother. <laughs> Peace. Later. Chris Ely, y'all, the professor. Uh, but so, yeah, we're we going to wrap up real quick with Amelia. We appreciate him for giving the time to us uh, this week. Uh, Andrew, any any final uh, questions or thoughts for the good brother Emilio Sparks, man? Nah, man, it was, uh, it, was just, it was good having him on, man. It's great talking to you. Always a pleasure to have a guest on to come chat with us, man. Like, for real, for real, like, I, I think a great way to just like in the show, we'll be having Emilio just promote Wale Mania, man. Like that's coming up. We got five more weeks until the show comes. I know that's five. Yep. Well, not not even that for real, for real. Like like we had four weeks more for real, for real. But yeah, we got. I, the- I know I saw uh, Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams. You know the the, the lights of the, the unretired Faye Jackson is back, man. Yes, <laughs> Queen, Queen, Faye Jackson back, man. And I, I know I'm pretty sure it's gonna be plenty, plenty more, man. Plenty, plenty more. Yeah. So um, this yeah, week so talk coming to, up, talk to Emilio. If you check out uh, Wale's social media at Wale at uh, at Kazim at Emilio Sparks, we are going to announce the second wave of guests coming to Wale Mania, and Wale okay. Mania is Thursday, March thirtieth, in Los Angeles at the Nouveau. So it's a really dope event. It is. Let's see. I have to push this up. It is eight hundred W Olympic Boulevard in Los Angeles, California. So come and hang out. This is number seven for us. We've done this mm. a whole bunch of times. And um, FOMO is real. If you don't come to this, Yo. you will have to wait a full calendar year to Philadelphia. <laughs> and you might not like that because we have some shit planned. I can't mm. say more than that, but we got some shit. So yes, come hang out. Come buy some tickets. Definitely. I, yeah. On that point, Emilio, like I've, I'm at the point, you know, in my life, you know, I've crossed that threshold over that, that 40, uh, that 40 yard mm-hmm. line, if you will. 
I don't I don't miss a lot of things that I see on TV. Like I can watch it from home, man. It's Same. cool. It's cool. I mean, I but, work with the company. I lived out of a suitcase. Oh, I get it. <laughs> but but I will say the the time in recent memory that I'm like, damn, I missed out was the Wale Mania that weekend during Kofi Mania. Brother. Because just seeing whether it was performers or people I knew in terms of journalists and, and like just it just felt like a spiritual I, thing, not to overstate I, it, but like, no, damn. I listen, man, I knew we had that crowd salivating the moment Kaz and I walked out and it was last time that I checked by uh, Nipsey Hussle was our walkout yes. music. Yes. And that crowd just went insane. And we had them from the start till the finish. Plus you're getting like 90, a 90 minute Wale performance with yes. guests, with surprise guests that are going to come in and do some songs, man. Wale mania. Mm. This is this is this is the, and this is a home game one too. We did the one yeah. in Dallas. We crushed Dallas, but man, Dallas was an away mm. game. New York was home. <laughs> Dallas was away. Los Angeles is a home game. Mm. You best believe that one. So mm. y'all heard it here first. Emilio Sparks, producer extraordinaire. Uh, but yeah, I, I, real quick before we get out of here, I huh. do just want to take one moment because we are. Not only wrapping up this show, but we're wrapping up Black History Month, but Black History mm-hmm. is forever, 24-7, 365. Uh, take some time, man. If you are interested in some of the stars of this business, if you're interested in some of the pioneers in pro wrestling, you know, we talked about a lot of current cats, you know, the Big E's of the world, the Ricky Starks of the world, you know, the Powerhouse Hobbs of the world, but there was people that opened doors for them. And so one of the books I want to highlight is uh, the Black Stars of Professional Wrestling by the late Julian Shabazz, uh, who was somebody, mm-hmm. ironically enough, Andrew, that was supposed to be me and Chris's first guest on the NWA podcast mm-hmm. back on the Patreon. And because of scheduling and time and just being busy and, uh, you know, CPT is real. Like we never got around to having the doctor on and then he passed. Uh, but like the, the amount of research that's in the book, I think if you're a fan of pro wrestling and a fan of, you know, black wrestlers, you know, Bearcat Wright is the graphic for this this month's episode like there's wow. so many stories of performers that you might have known or you might have heard your parents or your grandparents talk about but man it it it, it i was gonna say it, it wasn't easy being a black wrestler but honestly has it ever been easy being a person of color or other than in this country in this world but some of these stories from people like uh, thunderbolt patterson uh, or you know uh just so many names it's like Damn. Like, if you're a fan of what we're watching today, take some time this month or any month, quite frankly, and, and do some research, man. Educate yourself and, and, and just understand that folks are standing on the shoulders of giants. There's a lot mm-hmm. of men and women that paved the way for the great performers that we're able to watch today. So uh, that's my little Black History message, y'all. Ah, amen, man. 100%. Sound like uh, great, brother Nate. Great to hear that, man. What's the name of that book? You say it again. So, the book, uh, this book in particular, like there's a lot of books you, you can uh, check out in terms of this topic, but the book in particular mm-hmm. I'm talking about is The Black Stars of Professional Wrestling by Julian Shabazz. I believe John Pollock here at Post Wrestling did an interview with uh, Dr. Shabazz a few years ago when the book first came out. So, you might can mm-hmm. check that out either in the post-wrestling archives or the archives of the uh, – if, if you know somebody that's got them archives from those outlaw mm-hmm. days at, at their previous mm-hmm. stop, you might be able to check out that interview. Uh, but, yeah, I just wanted to say that real quick. But 
we are out of time, and and we we do want to thank our special guest Emilio Sparks. Emilio, you done promoted Wale Mania, you done promoted a, a lot of things, but promote yourself, man, because we appreciate you coming through. And and again, Andrew Thompson is one of the greatest newsmen in the world. He had like twenty stories that we was going to talk about tonight. Mm. We talked about maybe a half of one because <laughs> the conversation just flowed, man. Right. So so tell these people uh, well, what you got going on, Emilio, and and. Uh, Next time you come on, we might just have to talk Robert Townsend movies for the whole 90 minutes. <laughs> I could do that with ease, man. Um, all right, so real quick, Twitter and Instagram, at Emilio Sparks, E-M-I-L-I-O-S-P-A-R-K-S. I'm also on Hive. I don't think anybody uses that anymore. We all thought that Twitter was going to crash. <laughs> so uh, you can hit me up on I there. I did have a moment, um, but I was on there. Uh, so you can follow me on all the socials. I'm also on TikTok. It's just a blank page because I don't get TikTok. I'm old as fuck, so I don't understand TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, so follow me on everything. E-M-I-L-I-O-S-P-A-R-K-S. Uh, Rassle Rap. W-R-A-S-S-L-E-R-A-P. Twitter and Instagram. We have a podcast. Search it. It's very good. It's hosted by me and the Mighty Vin. We talk everything about pro wrestling and pop culture. Why? Because it's a fun podcast. And you will mm. like us because we don't really do anything else with our time but talk about <laughs> wrestling. Um, I'm also the producer of the sessions with Renee Paquette. So if you can mm-hmm. kindly do so, give that a follow and a listen as well and write a, a review. Um, we would love to have that. I also produce Juan Ep, which is the OG hip hop podcast uh, hosted by Peter Rosenberg and DJ Cypher Sound. So you can check mm-hmm. out those things. Uh, everything has a YouTube. Wrestle Rap has a YouTube. Renee has a YouTube. Juan Ep has a YouTube. So go and support all these platforms because this is how I make the monies. So if you like what mm-hmm. I do and you like how I sound and you thought I had some semblance of education and some <laughs> semblance of thought and you want to hear what I do on these other shows and how I produce these other shows, hey, if you do that, right? You help me pay my bills. So God bless you. I'll give you a little kiss on the forehead when I I'll give you a little kiss on the forehead when I see a Wally Mania. <laughs> that good man Emilio Sparks. And yeah, Thank before we turn it to Andrew, uh, my my one uh interaction with, with the, the good brother Peter Rosenberg was uh Brian Mann and I did an episode of Keep It Two Thousand, which was a bro, show. Brian is great, dude, bro. I love Brian Mann. We gotta get Brian Mann on this show one one He's time. Incredible. We we did a show, episode of Keep It Two Thousand, which was our review of WCW Nitro from the year two thousand. Wow! And Rosenberg came on, and it was just hilarious. Brian and I have been watching these episodes like back to back every month, and yeah. Rosenberg has just popped into a random WCW okay. Nitro episode, and he couldn't follow what the hell was going on. It's, I mean, like many of us, we couldn't follow what was going on, man. But Rosenberg is so good. he's a complete broad. He's one. Of, he's a complete broadcaster. Yeah, like. And he, he can go anywhere, he can do anything, and he can talk to anybody. Rosenberg, is he's fantastic at what he does. I, I love Peter. I think he's a great guy. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You know who else is a great guy? The youngest in charge, Andrew Thompson, who probably has a TikTok because he ain't nothing but 22, y'all. Nephew, where can people find you on social media, find all your stories, and check out your great interviews, brother? Well, unmute yourself first. Did, did Terry Belay mute you, Andrew? Nate, Nate muted me. Da, 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 Nate, I, I Nate, wouldn't do that to you, man. Not, man. not in February, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> but it, it, you can follow me on Twitter at adthompson uh, underscore underscore. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, check out my interviews at the Andrew Thompson Interviews YouTube channel. I just put one up, uh, I think, a week ago with Ryan Loader, who's an MMA fighter. Uh, talked about his UFC aspirations, so that was cool to do. 
Um, got another interview up there with Brandon Turner. Uh, so I try, try to do some a little bit of different stuff on the channel. Brandon Turner, who was a, a very famous skateboarder in the 90s, you know, he found his way. You know, he had, had some little troubles there along the way, man, but he eventually found his path. And now he's running a couple of mm-hmm. uh, mental health centers out in California, uh, doing a real great job okay. uh, for himself. And um, yeah, cool. do, doing some real cool stuff on the channel. And also, you can check out my written work, of course, always at uh, postwrestling.com. That's my nephew, the youngest in charge, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Thompson. For me, check me out on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K. There you can find links to all of the shows that I do. Of course, we got the Kings of Sport podcast, which Andrew has been a part of before. Uh, we actually have put up two episodes this year, Andrew, which is a a small miracle. Uh, uh, you know, just I, I uploaded the episode the other day, and it was like, damn, I ain't put up, put out nothing since December, and it's just work, y'all, work. Um, oh, I know. So we've got a, a review of the Royal Rumble is up now on the Kings of Sport feed, as well as a week or so ago, we did our Super Bowl uh, recap with SP3 and Rich fans. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, but we, we, we're trying, I'm trying to get back in the, in, in, in the swing of things uh, with the Kings of Sports. So uh, yeah, expect more to come from that. Uh, anybody listening, if, if you uh, are a podcaster or, or a writer or, or an editor. I desperately need an editor. I'm, I'm you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this out there into the universe. If you're good, on the, mm-hmm. if, if you are as good with your editing skills as Emilio Sparks is with his production skills, holler at your boy because I need an mm-hmm. editor because there's one thing like Emilio, I can talk to anybody any night of the week, right. but then it's like, damn, now I got to edit this damn show. This which show ain't why, until three months from now. Which is why I'm expensive. <laughs> <laughs> know your worth know your oh. worth uh, but yeah so uh, Kings of Sport uh, we got a Patreon patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport five bucks gets you in the door I know it's tax time y'all got a little jingle in that jangle go ahead and and, uh, and, and show your boys some love uh, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport I'm also uh, here at Post Wrestling with the NWA podcast with Chris and Andrew but also the Rocky My View Picture Show which is my review show uh, reviewing the movies of Dwayne The Rock Johnson the Black Adam episode. I know I keep teasing this, Andrew. I said it was going to be January. Then I said February. Uh, it's it's going to be out before the summer is how I just say it now. Uh, it, I feel like Dre uh, making detox. Uh, the the uh, Black Adam episode is going to be out sometime, maybe next month. You know, just depends. But it, it's going to be a fun one because I, I've got thoughts on that movie, Black Adam. Uh, DC TV podcast. I'm part of the Lituation Room. We just being black and nerdy, talking about superhero shit. Uh, check that out. But for everything else, at in the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K, at Nate Mosaic. And that is going to bring it into this show. Shout out to John Pollock and Wei Ting for offering up the platform. Shout out to Righteous Reg, who hit us with a banger of a theme song. Uh, shout out to everybody who is watching this and listening to this in the future. Because, again, as I said off the top, uh, the show was too hot with Emilio Sparks. We couldn't mm-hmm. do it live. There were FCC implications if we went live with this one. Uh, <laughs> but we appreciate all the support. And we'll do it again in March. So for Chris, for Andrew, and for our very special guest, Emilio Sparks, I am the Godfather, Nate Milton. And remember, the revolution may not be televised, but it damn sure will be podcasted. See y'all next time. <laughs> Yo. It's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off kilter, the professor, the godfather, post wrestling, the NWA, not oh, keep guessing, huh? 
the views and expressions. You know the rest, it's pop excellence. Get the message. Advocates for Nubian wrestling. You're listening to the best again. Black wrestling in the ring we invested in. Nubian kings and queens we invested in. It's for the culture and we repping it. It's for the culture and we repping it.